What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And we took a little break for Thanksgiving last week, but we are back at it. We've got new rankings up on the site uh, for rest of season value, and we are going to be going team by team here, catching up on the last two weeks of movers and shakers. Bart, are you ready to roll? Oh, yeah, we've got a lot to cover. Um, I'll tell you what, Andrew, I am in a lot of different leagues, as I'm sure you are. I was going to tell you, I'm still in my survivor league. Uh, so far, I'm 12 for 12. It's a league where we have two strikes and you're out, so we, we have a chance. I'm the last one with no strikes, but this week we have to pick two teams, and I've already used like all the good teams, right? So I might be picking the Bucks and maybe the Steelers, who are looking pretty good. You know, they face the Cardinals at home, so I'm. Uh, I think I'm going to pick up a strike, though. I think one of those teams is probably going to go down because it's hard to trust those those teams. Yeah, that that Pittsburgh Arizona game could be interesting. It could. Uh, now that Kyler's back, the, the Cardinals are not exactly a gimme anymore. So uh, we have seen the Steelers looking a little better post-Matt Canada, but uh, still that one that one's interesting. Uh, Steelers are home, right? They are at home, yeah. So that's that's makes you feel a little bit better about that one, I guess. And the Bucks uh, get the Panthers, who, you know, just fired Frank Reich, and I, I don't know what that's going to do for their morale. You know, I don't think it's like a, you know, a similar situation to the Raiders. You probably heard other people kind of talk about that. Like, I, I think pe- Josh McDaniels was ready to go, you know, but Frank Reich, I think the players, I don't know, they probably liked him. He, he didn't he didn't get a full season in, you know, so I don't know if that's a rally behind the new coaching staff when everybody's just gone, you know? Yeah, well, that's one of the many things we'll be talking about as we go uh, team by team, uh, catching up on all the latest news. I will never argue against picking the Bucks in a game, though, because – you know, you always talk about uh, your teams, like what in baseball is like the Diamondbacks you kind yeah. of adopted as your team. I feel like I've adopted the Bucks as, as my team in a way. <laughs> like I was one of the few people that was actually in on the Bucks coming into this season. And on my fantasy teams, I've got a lot of Baker Mayfield. I've got a lot of Rashad White. I've got a lot of Mike Evans. And honestly, mm. that's all been going great. Kate Otten, like I've just, yeah. uh, I've been a Bucks booster and they've been a pleasant surprise for fantasy this year. Uh, you know, in the win loss column, they're they're more middling, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but they were great draft values. So uh, I, I will be rooting for the Bucks, uh, and I'm sure Panthers fans will probably be rooting for the Bucks <laughs> to win that game as well. Might be, and you know, like <laughs> it's it's funny, like teams like the Rams, like there are a lot of teams, uh, you know, who starting the season people thought we were just going to be nothing, but yeah, find some fantasy value uh, with some of the Rams too, and yeah, we'll we'll get into all these teams as we go through the list. Yeah, I forgot the the Panthers don't even have their own first round pick, but they'll be they moving up that second round pick to the top of the round. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so why don't we jump right into it? And uh, once again, a reminder: we do have our rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com. We've also got our week thirteen rankings up on the site uh, for you to check out, and those will be updated uh, day by day here as we head into Sunday's action, uh, closing in on the fantasy football playoffs. Um, but let's uh, let's get started and go alphabetically as we always do. We'll start with those Arizona Cardinals we were just talking about, and uh, they're coming off a pretty poor performance, I guess you could say, against the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Kyler Murray still got it done for fantasy, and uh, he's been a top ten fantasy quarterback the last couple games. Uh, you know, even. Uh, with some of the efficiency numbers in the passing not looking great so far, uh, he still 
producing fantasy wise and uh, Marquise Brown bounced back uh, with a, his first nice uh, statistical performance in a while. Um, I still think this can be a fun team down the stretch. You know, I think the one thing to look at, of course, is the backfield. Uh, James Conner uh, did see some some snaps um, to uh, Michael Carter mm-hmm. in this game. Of course, it was a blowout, so I don't know how much you can read into that. But um, apparently the, the Cardinals, I, I think I was hearing Evan Silva talk about it, they have been extremely pass-heavy since Kyler came back. They have not uh, – they were like one of the – most run-heavy teams um, prior to that. So uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see where they settle in there, I guess, with Kyler under center. Yeah, and with Kyler in our rest of season rankings, we still have him as a top 10 uh, fantasy quarterback, you know, with guys like Tua. We've talked about Sam Howell. Uh, even Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence has looked, tre- Trevor Lawrence has looked better the last couple of weeks. You know, we'll get, we'll get into the Jags when we talk about guys like him, but that's kind of where Kyler fits in rest of season for quarterbacks. And, yeah, for, for running backs, for James Conner, you know, the note I had here was like, do you do you even keep him like in a in a shallow league eight to ten teams? Would you even keep him because they have a week fourteen bye after this week? So they play the Steelers as we were talking about at the top of the show. So James Conner facing his old team, right? We'll have to see how that game goes. I'm not saying drop him now because you'll you'll probably use him, but he hasn't been great, uh, you know, since returning from injury. And then after the bye week, he has San Francisco, Chicago, who's been really good on defense lately, especially the run defense, and at Philly. So like those are those are tough matchups coming up. I, I think it's like if you're in a pinch, I mean like, and if you drop him, like if someone else picks him up, are you really that worried about someone else picking him up? I just rest of the season, I'm not looking. I'm just looking at like this four or five games less for James Conner, and it's bad matchups. Yeah, those are bad matchups, I guess. I mean that Bears game in Week 16 doesn't seem too bad to me, uh, but San Francisco and Philly are certainly about as bad as it gets. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't play in eight team leagues, so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to really have a great feel for that. But I, I can't really imagine a scenario where you're dropping James Conner in most leagues. I mean, just volume is king at the end of the day, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And he's also a capable pass catcher, too. And, you know, maybe if if we see this week that Michael Carter or Amari DiMercato or you know, the two of them combined are stealing 50% of the snaps again, mm-hmm. then maybe I'd change my tune. I just don't think that's likely to happen. I think James Conner has been one of the biggest bell cow uh, backs in the league um, the last few years, and he was earlier this season too. So um, even even before prior to this game, I mean, he had, uh, you know, you said he hasn't done much since he's been back, but like that's true, but I mean, he did have, you know, 16 carries for 73 yards in his first game back, 14 for 62. I mean, those are still a lot of, a lot of carries, you know, and last game he had four receptions. Um, so like he, he can get involved in the passing game too. So I just think he's like going to get 20 touches in those games. And even if he's facing a bad matchup, I think, uh, he's like a low end RB two. So in most scenarios, I'm holding on to him. Okay. And the other thing I would, would just keep an eye on, you know, at the tight end position, Trey McBride, he's our tight end six rest of the season. He's been great getting tons of volume. Like you said, volume is king with tight end, same thing. Uh, but Zach Ertz, you know, he could be coming back. So just something to keep an eye on. Like it could, you know, it, he can get some targets. It's not that Zach Ertz is going to be fantasy relevant, but it could just impact Trey McBride. You know, we have a pretty big drop off after Trey McBride, you know, to guys like Dallas Goddard and maybe some others who are coming back from injury and just there's a teardrop there. Um, but McBride could fall a little bit in the second half too. Again, those are some tough defenses he's going to be facing after the bye. Yeah, I, you know, I, 
what's the thing about assuming rational coaching? Uh, you know, like I don't understand why a team, especially that's already really looking to next season, let's be honest, like why mm-hmm. would they play Zach Ertz over Trey McBride uh, or even sacrifice any snaps or any targets <laughs> right. for Trey McBride at the, you know, to go to Zach Ertz. It, it doesn't really make sense. Um, but you know, we don't know the dynamics behind the scenes. I mean, Zach Ertz is a veteran player. He might have a presence in the locker room. Maybe they want to throw him a bone or something like that. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that Trey McBride's going to be a top 12 tight end rest of season. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on next to the Falcons. And uh, so B. John Robinson, you have here in the note, top five running back rest of season, question mark. Uh is that how you have him ranked? It is. Well, I had the question mark because I hadn't looked at your rankings. But now that we have him up on the site, I see that we both have him uh, in the in the top five. Uh, we actually have him as our RB3. We both do, it looks like. Or three or four. So he's right there. I've got him at four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so maybe he's RB4. So he's, yeah, he's top five for us. Yeah, and, you know, he's been putting up huge numbers lately. And it, it seems like Arthur Smith has finally relented and decided to lean on B. John Robinson more. Uh, I will say his snap count is uh, went down a little bit <laughs> this week compared to week 10 uh, before the buy when he was up at 75%. This week it, uh, in week 12, it was only 63%, which is more in line with um, some some other weeks we've seen earlier in the season. Uh, you know, so it, it is still sort of a committee in terms of snaps between him and Tyler Algier. I just think... Um, Bijan, it seems like it's just getting more like it's more of a priority for them to to get him touches is is kind of what it seems like right now. Uh, you know, he had 22 carries in that game in week 10, which was the first time he'd gotten over 20 all season. Um, and, uh, you know, this last game, he had six targets. So that's that's promising, too, after it was down for a couple weeks there. I don't know. I like a lot of this also is attrition at, at the running back position. I still feel like Bijan is not quite a full on bell cow, but he's just so, so good on a per touch basis. And, you know, you compare him to uh, some of the other running backs out there uh, who are either in worse situations or just don't quite have the amount of talent that he has. And I think he he uh, deserves to be in the top five. Yeah. And like you said, with the attrition, I mean, like there's Christian McCaffrey and then there's everybody else, you know, really, if if we were talking tiers and like from guys like Bijan, uh, you know, and ETN and some of these guys like there's I have a lot of running backs sort of lumped together. You know, we've been I've been moving Austin Eckler down with his performance like he's not up there with McCaffrey anymore. Right. And so, right. yeah, there's like there's like this big lump of RB ones. Right. Tony Pollard and these names we'll talk about. So there's a there's like a big tier for me and that's how my week 13 rankings kind of look like i have this giant tier of like you know 10 guys i could really have like almost like 18 to 20 guys in a tier that it's like you're starting these guys and then they're all kind of similar you know mm-hmm. and you know even though that is still kind of a committee i mean it's kind of similar i mean i won't really compare it to detroit um or Miami because those teams are like much more high scoring teams in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but it is a very run focused environment. So um, for that reason, I feel like this is an offense that can support an RB one and say an RB three or something like that, you know, which like Tyler Algier to me is still in that RB three flex conversation even now. Um, So like he's going to get his 10 carries a week or whatever it may be, but 
Um, I don't think that that stands in the way of uh, Bijan continuing to put up big fantasy numbers. Yeah, I mean, Algier, his last four games, eight carries, 12, 9, 10. So, yeah, 10 carries a game. Like you said, he's going to get that. But, you know, Bijan having four touchdowns in his last four games combined is nice to see. You know, Algier was getting a lot of the goal line work and, you know, but he hasn't really been scoring a lot of touchdowns. You know, he had two, Algier did in week one, and then he had one a couple weeks ago, I think, you know, before their bye week. But Bijan's been the one finding the end zone lately too, which is which is great. Yep, for sure. And then I see here your other note is uh, that you finally dropped Kyle Pitts in the league. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I haven't played Kyle Pitts in over a month. You know, I picked up Trey McBride. I've been playing him. And then finally, I just didn't have a reason to drop him. And Trey McBride had that week 14 late bye coming up. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just keep Kyle Pitts for a while and, and just kept doing that wait and see. Um, but, yeah, I picked up Pratt Firemuth. You know, like I, I, I couldn't justify not spending a few – fab bucks and I, I think the rest of my league mates were a little asleep at the wheel there because i got fire Muth for like five or six bucks you know so mm-hmm. i'll take it <laughs> yeah i mean pitts is i've continued to move him down my rankings like he's now in a tight end tier for me with guys like kate otten tyler conklin tyler yeah. higby Jawan johnson guys like that yep. so and his teammate johnny smith who has been trending down as well um but you know still has pretty decent numbers on the, the season but those guys are all for me in a tier behind some other tight ends like uh, Logan Thomas and Friar Muth, who you mentioned, Isaiah Likely, yeah. uh, who we'll get to when we talk about the Ravens, and then uh, Gerald Everett is uh, moving up my rankings as well. Yeah, I absolutely like K. Dotton's a good name because we talked about the Bucks a little bit at the top. I have him rest of the season right there with Kyle Pitts. If you want to have K. Dotton rest of the season, I mean, I have him ranked K. Dotton as my tight end 12 this week and Kyle Pitts 16 or 17. So, you know, it's like – at this point, you may only want to keep one tight end, and Kate Otten's rest of the season uh, matchups look look fine to me. Yeah, and he's definitely got the higher floor, I would say, than than Pitts. Yeah. You know, Pitts is like that upside that you dream about, but how often does he actually hit it? I think I'm, oh. I I have him one spot ahead of Otten, but I might have to switch that next week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so moving on to the Ravens. Um, so of course, you know, I was I just referenced it with Isaiah Likely. That's kind of the big story that's happened since we last recorded is that Mark Andrews is for all intents and purposes out for the season. They say there's a a slight chance he could be back, uh, but I think they're more talking about the playoffs than they are the regular season. I think from yeah. from a fantasy perspective, he's certainly droppable. Uh you know, I have him on stashed in an IR spot in one league, but it's just because nobody else uh, has demanded that spot yet. Um, once I have someone else to put in that IR spot, I will just drop Mark Andrews because I think I think it's all it's curtains for him for this season, um, which is a big loss for the Ravens. But at the same time, um, you know this team has still has a lot of weapons in the passing game, and uh, I feel like it gives a bit of a boost to uh, a number of different players. Likely is the one, of course, that's the most direct beneficiary, and I. I feel like he's kind of like on the cusp of being a top 12 tight end now at this point, uh, just based on the the potential. I know he's kind of been a little disappointing um, stepping in for Andrews the last three or four uh, times that he did that prior to uh, last Sunday, but uh, he had good usage in in Sunday's game. And I think that was encouraging that, um, you know, because we know he's a talented player. So uh, if he's going to be getting, uh, the kind of usage that he got in that game last week. Uh, you you know, he only had four catches for 40 yards, but six targets. I mean, mm-hmm. a player like that in, in an explosive offense, I think that could be borderline top 12 fantasy production at tight end. 
Yep, I would agree. He's he's my tight end 14 right now. Of course, they're on the bye week right now. So when we update him next week, I might bump him up a, a spot or two, you know, just looking at it. Because, because you're right. He's he's borderline top 12, and he's got that top five or six upside. Like you said, I agree with all that. Uh, the, the other guy in the passing game I wanted to mention, just because I was looking at Yahoo earlier and one of the most dropped – or the most dropped wide receiver today was Odell Beckham Jr. And, I mean – I get it. Like, he's an older wide receiver. They're on a bye. Like, you, you, he's droppable, right? Well, he's down to 41% rostered, and I feel like he's been looking better. I mean, he picked up a little bit of an injury. I think he was playing through a little bit of an injury last week. So, like, his snap count was a little bit uh, down. I mean, it's it's been down, like, the last couple weeks while he's been dealing with the injury. But I think, I think Lamar trusts him, uh, and he makes some big plays when he needs to, you know, converting third downs and things like that. So, I'm just looking at, like, the Ravens' rest of the season schedule. And I just think Odell, after the bye week, you know, the Rams, the Jags, I think those could be some decent games. At the Niners could be tough. Um, you know, week 17 they get the Dolphins. But I just think, like, if you have the room for it, you could stash Odell. It look like, looks like everyone's dropping him right now, but I think he's an okay stash. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, he certainly has some touchdown upside, I feel like. Um, but it's actually um, Rashad Bateman that has been playing more than, than Odell pretty consistently. So I don't think that's just – a matter of Odell's injuries. I think that's also just the fact that Bateman is maybe more uh, the type of receiver that, that Todd Munkin likes to feature. Um, so he's an interesting option to me. Like, I, I don't think either of them are guys you can really reliably play as a wide receiver three. So it, it depends how deep you need to go at wide yeah. receiver, I think. Um, but I think Zay Flowers is really the biggest beneficiary other than Isaiah Likely. Uh, of the uh, Mark Andrews injury in terms of fantasy because he was kind of trending down a little bit um, the last you know he he hadn't scored a lot of touchdowns uh, prior to last week he scores two I think he only had one all season before that um, but we know he's an explosive player and it just seems like uh, he was on the cusp of like wide receiver two value but was trending more towards wide receiver three I feel like likely being at, or I'm sorry Andrews being out could prop him back up into that wide receiver two uh, area. Yeah, I agree on Flowers. And good point on Bateman. He's only 17% rostered on Yahoo. So if you prefer him, I just think this is a situation where, like with Andrews being out, like you could you could have someone, you know, emerge. If you're in a three wide receiver league, I know there's a lot of people in leagues like that. So it depends on how deep your bench is. But I just wouldn't drop someone, uh, you know, through the bye if, you, if you've got the space. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the other topic is the running back situation where Keaton Mitchell – uh, has continu- continued to see his snap count trend up. He's continued to see his touch count trend up as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he's still playing less than half of the snaps on this team, but uh, with how explosive he is, like, that still gives him quite a bit of uh, fantasy potential. It just seems like, um, you know, Gus Edwards is not going to completely go away here. So, um, you know, he's going to remain the goal line back and, and get a sizable workload. But uh, Mitchell is going to maybe be the, the lightning to uh, Gus Edwards' thunder and uh, could have some big uh, performances um, down the stretch. Just a uh, tough schedule, but, um, you know, with him, with a guy like him, it almost doesn't matter because one play can give him a great fantasy week. Oh, yeah. And like you said, I just like to see the trending up because his first couple games, it was like 13, 14 snaps. And then it increased. And then last week, like you said, it's like he led the team in snaps. So that's what I like to see heading into the bye. I mean, every time I see, you know, I'm watching a lot of Ravens games. 
And every time I see Keaton Mitchell t- touch the ball, I'm just like, just keep giving it to him. <laughs> he makes big plays after big plays. I mean, he just – these big chunk plays, he bounces outside, gets like seven, eight more yards that you wouldn't even think he would get, and he, and he does. Yeah, I think the way to look at him down the stretch might be as like the equivalent of like a boomer bust wide receiver who yeah. – you know, a guy who could – go for 120 yards and two touchdowns or you know three catches for 25 yards like (laughs) I think that that's kind of the situation you've got with Mitchell just based on the you know committee situation there I mean Justice Hill is still playing some too so it is really a three-way committee um, at least for the moment and then the tough schedule so there are a few things working against him but he's still a must roster player yep totally agree all right Buffalo uh, I don't know where to start with the Bills, man. That this is this team is struggling in real life uh, mm-hmm. to win games, but from fantasy perspective, it's still pretty pretty good. <laughs> We're not yeah. complaining. Um, if we, you know, if we've got Josh Allen scoring four touchdowns, uh, we're we're pretty happy with that. <laughs> um, you have Leonard Fournette, a nothing burger. Yeah, I, I mean, this has been interesting <laughs> that they have waited uh, this long to activate him. I mean. It does still seem like he's in their plans um, for the playoffs, but maybe they're really just trying to save every bit of juice he's got, and uh, they got to make the playoffs. That's the, right. that's the problem. <laughs> I know it's like you got playoff Lenny, but you might not even make the playoffs. Uh, you were asking about you know his availability in dynasty, and I'm just like, sure, I guess. I don't really know what his value is though right now. It's weird to even trade a guy like Fournette in dynasty. I mean, like he's 28 years old. They're, it's like they've put him on ice. Like I don't know what the, it's like after the. Well, buyout. I was asking for him as like a throw-in in our oh, trade. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I don't. Yeah, because I don't think he has. I mean, this is this is it for Fournette. I mean, he, you're, like you said. I mean, I, I don't think there's. I don't think he's likely to be have any value next season. So no. it's just a question of do they come out of the buy and actually decide to activate him or not? I you know, but even if they do at this point, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to argue he's definitely going to be an upgrade over Latavius Murray right and I mean if anything it could hurt James Cook's value I guess a little bit more because we talked about this probably a couple weeks ago last time we talked you know but um, we haven't seen it yet so until we do um, it's kind of nothing to talk <laughs> about with Fournette yeah and I mean Murray has actually been playing pretty decently um, mm-hmm. you know I mean not not earth shattering or anything like that but it does seem like the coaching staff there trusts him uh, of course that this is a team that now has uh, a new offensive coordinator <laughs> since we last recorded too. So yep. uh, there's definitely been some scapegoating going on over there, I think, for the team's struggles. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, not much has, has really changed. I mean, it's it's Stefan Diggs and it's Josh Allen and it's Dalton Kincaid. And then, uh, you know, we we know the, the, the ups and the downs of Gabe Davis. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned Kincaid, and I'll just mention, like we talked about with McBride, you know, Dawson Knox, who's been out uh, with that wrist injury. Uh, they McDermott said they're hopeful but not certain that Knox will come back after the Bills' Week 13 bye. So a similar situation with Ertz where it's like, you know, but Knox is even more a bigger part of this, right? It, it, changed, the, it changed the dynamics of the offense a little bit when he went out. You know, Khalil Shakir was more involved. They started doing some different personnel sets and things. So, like, if if Knox comes back and is healthy, I could see it changing, you know, back to kind of what Kincaid was. So it could impact him uh, similarly to maybe Hal McBride. I mean, the, both of these guys could get dinged up a little bit down the stretch. Yeah, and I and I sort of do agree. This one might might be a bigger threat in the sense that, like, you know, Dawson Knox 
they have a lot invested in him, I believe, financially. Mm-hmm. And they do. he's not at the end of his career like Zach Ertz is. Um, but at the same time, Dalton Kincaid, you know, they invested a high draft pick in him. And, and he's been really good. So, like, it might be hard to put the genie back in the bottle there. Um, maybe it's Shakir is the one that uh, takes the biggest hit. Or, or yeah. maybe Dawson Knox is just sort of not a you know he could do a lot of inline blocking and things like that and maybe not be a big uh, pass catcher for them or maybe just uh just a red zone type of a guy I mean he wasn't putting up if you look at the numbers that Dawson Knox was putting up this season I mean he was averaging like 10 or 15 yards per game it's not like he was uh yeah you know lighting up the scoreboard no he didn't have more than three catches in a game all season and so yeah he was he was not really a big part of the offense um so yeah we'll have to see what it does yeah, maybe it maybe it ends up not making that big an impact. I mean, you know, Kincaid is still only playing 60-70% of the snaps. I mean, they've got Quentin Morris in there as a blocking tight end. So like, you know, <laughs> it's just uh, he's not a every down player anyway. Yeah. All right, Carolina, so they they fire Frank Reich as you mentioned up top. Yep. Uh I I don't know if that's really going to make any difference though for this team from a fantasy perspective rest of season i like it's just there's just not a lot of talent on this offense and that's not going to change so uh you know the only guy that was really making fantasy noise this season was adam thielen and uh it's been uh, bad the last month i mean it's he's hit the wall i mean he's an old wide receiver on a bad team with a rookie quarterback who is going through some serious growing pains and um, you know, he still can get 10 targets in a game, but, uh, the upside isn't really there. Yeah. And this is a good matchup this week, uh, versus Tampa Bay. You know, they're very hard to run on. Uh, so you would think maybe you can, you can pass on them a little bit, but yeah, like you said, this team isn't very good. And, and since the week seven bye, Adam Thielen's best finish in half PPR was 24th against Dallas. Like, like, like you said, he was getting some, some double digit targets in there, but he just hasn't done anything since the bye week. So I'm ranking him as like my wide receiver 30 this week. ECR is 20. So I just think he's just borderline startable at this point. I think he's someone who I think I would probably just bench, you know, or maybe even consider dropping again in like a 10 team league, depending on who's out there uh, each week on waivers. Yeah. I guess I split the difference. I've got him at wide receiver 25 in my initial rankings, um, which again, you, like you said, they're facing Tampa. That's like mm-hmm. one of the worst performing secondaries in the league right now. So that's about as high as I think he'll be in my rankings in any game rest of season. It's wide receiver 25. So I think that gives you a sense of what his ceiling is at this point. And, you know, if he has a bad matchup, he could easily be outside the top 40. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like guys like Chuba Hubbard is basically like the running back version of Thielen. I feel like, you know, where it's like if you don't have better options, maybe you can flex a guy like him. Uh, I wouldn't this week against Tampa, like I said. Tough matchup, but maybe there's some other matchups you know down the road like green bay in week 16 it's gonna be matchup dependent right like maybe you can run on green bay a little bit and and you and you throw chuba in your flex in week 16 or something but it's it's rough it's bleak in carolina yeah well and then of course uh out of nowhere you see miles sanders pop back up for 15 carries last week (laughs) right i mean he's he's still on the short side of a committee but it is a committee so that's another reason i think to fade chuba hubbard and who knows what this coaching staff's going to do this week? Like it's it's hard to start any of these guys this week because you just don't know what that what that running back split's going to be like, um, and all that. So I, I couldn't trust any of them this week. Not against Tampa too. I mean, they're a pass funnel defense. It's just yep. 
if if you're starting anyone in this matchup, it, it is Thielen, I guess. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Bears. So <laughs> uh, you just made the sound. I don't know how you feel about um, Justin Fields at this point. I mean, he did run for over 100 yards two games ago. They got the win uh, last week, uh, but they didn't score a touchdown in the game. <laughs> um, now they're on bye. Uh where, how are you feeling about Justin Fields? Like, if if he's your QB one, are you? I mean, are you feeling like he's going to be the, a good starter the rest of the season after the bye? Yeah, I think after the bye, that's the thing. Like, if he is your QB one, well, you've got someone else right now, right? Because he he is on a bye week, so you've got someone. Maybe you've got someone who's got a couple good matchups coming up. Um, but yeah, after the bye, I mean, he does play your Cleveland Browns and we at Cleveland week fifteen, and we've talked about that before. That's a tough matchup, so. Hopefully, whoever you have this week maybe has a good week 15 matchup. But then, like, week 14, 16, 17, man, Fields has all plus matchups. He's at home to Detroit, Arizona, and, and Atlanta. Um, he looked pretty good against Detroit in week 11. Uh, yeah, like you said, the 100 rushing yards. So, like, yeah, I think I think he's the type of guy who you could sort of mix and match a little bit. And, like, we'll talk, like when we get to the Dolphins, I want to talk about Tua like that, too, because he has a really tough playoff schedule. So, I think you might have to do that with with certain quarterbacks, and Fields Fields is one of them. Yeah, I mean the fact he's got thirty rushes over his two games since he's been back. I mean that to me keeps him in the QB one uh, vicinity. Yeah. So, and like you said, um, three of his four matchups after the bye are favorable ones. So, uh, yeah, he'll probably be, he'll probably still be in my top twelve uh, most weeks uh, going forward, even though he's left something to be desired as a passer so far since coming back. Yeah. And just that Cleveland week is tough. And then if you look at the running backs, I have the note here about two weeks ago when we talked, I was saying, you know, get rid of Deontay Foreman. He was banged up. They had the bye week coming up this week, obviously. Um, and so he hasn't even played. Um, so hopefully you've dropped Foreman and maybe you picked up Roshan Johnson who, you know, got more of the share. Uh, maybe it was a hot hand situation against the Vikings or whatever, but either way it's like, where are the Bears going this year, right? Like, I could see Roshan just being – like, I have him – I have Roshan ranked the highest of those three moving forward. Do you, do you also have it that way? Does it matter? <laughs> uh, Well, you know, honestly, like, I I have Foreman and Roshan back-to-back. Um, I think that the, the odd man out to me is definitely Khalil Herbert. Like, yep. the fact that he couldn't hold on to the lead job with Foreman out I think is a really bad sign for Herbert, so mm-hmm. – uh, he's definitely droppable. Um, I, you know, I actually think Foreman. Uh, the Bears have run the ball well, and Foreman has been the main guy that's been able to do that for them. So, uh, even though he was like inactive a lot early in the season, like once he once he got into the mix, he looked pretty darn good. So, I could see a scenario. Now, I know you're saying, what do they have to play for? Like, why would they play Deonta Foreman? I, I understand that, but I also think that we see these teams all the time um you know want to win games anyway yeah. and want to play well um want to protect their quarterback too you need a running game to do that so uh and again the you know the bears own the panthers pick so they can get the number one pick even if they win some games <laughs> That's um, true. so i i think uh i think coming out of the bye we could see foreman as the as the main between the tackles early down ball carrier and roshan johnson uh, working more in the passing game because I think that's actually where he's better suited at this stage. 
Um, he didn't run the ball particularly effectively in that game. So I think that's what we're going to see uh, coming out of the bye, which would make me actually prefer Foreman in a standard non-PPR league and maybe give the edge to Roshan in PPR. Well, the reason I asked, too, does it matter? Because, I mean, like, if you look at our running back rankings, we have Roshan around guys like Elijah Mitchell and Rico Daddle, right? Like backups <laughs> who are like high-end stashes. And then Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman a little bit further down, at least at least in our averages, you know, still with guys like Miles Sanders, who we just got done talking about. And so really, that's what that was my, my question about does it matter? Because it's like all three of these guys are kind of like, I hope you have better options, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would – I mean Herbert, I definitely would drop. Uh, the other two, I I would I have them ranked with guys like AJ Dillon and Ezekiel Elliott, um, Royce Freeman, guys like that. Okay. They're not guys you want to start, but you can start them. You know, they're RB threes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like I said, hopefully you have better options. <laughs> yeah, well, again, though, if you mentioned that schedule coming out of the bye, I mean, like I could see Foreman actually having a big game or two. Uh, before the end of the season. So I, I, I actually would recommend picking him up if he got dropped in your league. Okay. All right. Um, next up, we've got the Bengals, and the Jake Browning era is underway. <laughs> uh, Joe Burrow, of course, out for the season. And uh, this is a, a big hit, obviously, to this offense as a whole. Uh, you know, honestly, I think the guy that it might impact the most this may sound weird, but I feel like it might be Joe Mixon <laughs> because uh, Joe Mixon just like Jamar Chase is is a freak of nature talent who can yep. just kind of by sheer will put up some numbers like kind of like what we've seen Garrett Wilson do this season. I feel like Jamar Chase can do that, too, uh, whereas Joe Mixon, maybe he once was that kind of a player, maybe not ever quite that level, but he was a very good player for a long time but this season I, I don't feel like he has been anywhere near that level he has not been an efficient player and he's really benefited I think just from being on this team you know and, and with Joe Burrow and getting mm-hmm. a lot of uh you know red zone opportunities get, getting a lot of um you know dump offs in the passing game and things like that um he hasn't been an effective runner uh all year really so that's that's not going to change with Jake Browning under center. So I, I kind of feel like now um, – and game script could really get away from them too. I mean, they have a bad defense. Um, so if they're – and I believe they have the lowest projected point score in the entire league this week against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I feel like Joe Mixon takes the biggest hit of them all. But uh, certainly all of these players on, on the Bengals have taken sizable hits in our rankings. Yeah, that's the that's the high level, you know, view of it. I agree. They're they're all down. I would agree about Mixon. I mean, we were we were ranking him pretty low in the first part of the se- season, and then after the bye week, he he kind of showed some juice and he started scoring touchdowns. And then right about the time he really started looking good, Joe Burrow goes down, like you like you said. And so, it's a bummer. I mean, like I have Mixon in a couple of leagues and I'm starting him. Um, it's it's one of those situations where he'll get the volume. It's sort of like James Conner to me a little bit. I mean, I know. Kyler is better than <laughs> Browning, but you know, I just think like he is going to struggle uh, because the offense is going to struggle. He's not going to be in the red zone as much, but uh, you know, it's like I'm going to. We both have him ranked inside of like our top 35 overall players, and maybe that's a little bit too high. Um, maybe, yeah, and the more I think about it, I feel like I should have him lower than I do. Yep, um, I probably will next week. Like honestly, I could see a guy like Najee Harris having more fantasy value than Joe Mixon rest of season. 
Yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah especially after like uh, uh, Matt Canada, you know, is gone and that, that offense could be turning around. I, I agree with you there. And and I'll just mention like T. Higgins. While, I mean, he, he takes a big hit too. I agree with you on Chase. It's like you're going to play Chase. He's a, he's a freak talent, like you said. Higgins, if he's back this week, I'm not playing him. Like I don't have him in my initial rankings, and it's I believe it's Monday Night Football, right? So don't wait around on T. Higgins. <laughs> you know, like start someone else because even if he does play, it's not – it's not the best situation, right? Coming back from injury with, with Browning, I would just stay away. Yeah, I've got him ranked at wide receiver 45 right now. So. That's pretty low, yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, it's a, if you're not going to be playing, I mean, do you see a scenario where you would play him at all this season? Or are you like, oh, are yeah. you saying don't sit him? Like, are you saying don't wait for him because he's got an uncertain situation with his health this week? Or are you just saying, like, he's not a startable player anymore with Jake Browning at quarterback well this specific week it's both right because it's like there's the health issue so he might not play anyway so if we don't if you don't if you're unsure you know come sunday or if you even have like a thursday night guy like i would start brandon cooks over him right like someone like that um if you're if you're looking at your lineup and you have brandon cooks like go ahead and start cooks don't wait around on t higgins for instance but to the bigger picture yeah i mean like i mean people could you could start dropping t higgins it, it could happen like my my wife she's in a guillotine league with me another league where still going strong right we're down to six teams two of them are us she has t higgins and she was like i feel like i should just drop him and i and i said well we're down to six teams now right so yeah you can drop t higgins there's plenty of guys on the waiver wire you know picture yourself in a six-team league t higgins is like yeah get him out of here (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i i have him in a keeper league so like i'm not going to drop him there because he's a free agent at the end of the season and like imagine if he signs with the chiefs or something like that sure oh yeah sure (laughs) you know so like for that reason i'm gonna hold on to him but i i actually have him stashed in an ir spot and every week he goes questionable and my roster freezes up on yahoo so like (laughs) i don't actually have any intention of playing him at all this season but i want to hold on to him so it's just some roster gymnastics at this point yeah and i think keep him if you can but i mean in a couple weeks we might be talking about dropping him you know yeah, and then what? If, what about Chase? I mean, do you think he's still a wide receiver one, like a top twelve guy, or would you put him lower than that at this point? Um, I'll just see. I think I might have even put him a little bit lower than that. Um, yeah, I, I don't have him in my top twelve. I've got him behind guys like Waddle, Ayuk, uh, even Devonte Smith. And Devonte Smith is where it kind of gets dicey because if Dallas Goddard comes back this week, you know, I think uh, Devonte Smith's value might go back down a little bit so that's that's kind of the area he's sort of like wide receiver 15 or 16 for me jamar chase is i've got him inside my top 10 still um but uh, you know it's 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 questionable obviously i mean i just think jake browning is uh oftentimes these quarterbacks that are inexperienced just lock on to their number one guy and just pepper them with targets you know and happen. like i said with garrett wilson i mean i think jay i think chase can uh be a better version of what we've seen from garrett wilson so far yeah and i i feel like i'm being a little hypocritical because i do have justin jefferson inside my top 12 you know and he's in a similar situation coming back from injury uh and, and chase didn't even come back from an injury but like i'm just looking at jefferson like oh yeah like he'll come back with whoever the quarterback may be in week 14 and, and be just fine. We don't really know. Right. Right. So yeah, we'll see for now. I'm sticking with chase in my top 10, but um, he's certainly trending down no matter how you slice it. Yep. All right. Uh, Browns. So <laughs> the, the, the uh, 
circus continues with the quarterback situation uh, <laughs> for the Browns. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, steps in for Deshaun Watson, who's out for the season, and uh, and then uh, DTR gets concussed uh, in last week's game. Uh, so now it looks like it could be Joe Flacco time. Uh, Flacco was signed uh, last week, and uh, it the it sounds like he'll be the starter this week if, if yeah. DTR is not cleared in time. And honestly, as a Browns fan, I think Flacco should be the starter regardless. I, I just think that um, the, the limitations of, of a player as inexperienced as Dorian Thompson Robinson really is holding back this team. And yeah. it's not like Joe Flacco is a miracle worker at 38 years old, but I feel like the last time we saw him, he was kind of slinging it <laughs> yeah. last season with the jets, you know? So like, I don't know. I, like I just want a reliable hand running this offense, and I do think it would be a good thing. Um, the, the passing game can't really be worse than it's been the last few weeks. So, um, you know, I think it would be good news for Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, good news for Elijah Moore. Good news for uh, I mean, David Njoku has kind of been uh, doing decently anyway, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't hurt him either um, to have a uh, experienced quarterback under center. Yeah, I was curious what you were going to say here, you know, with Flacco, but I tend to agree with you. I think he gives him the best chance to win. Um, like you said, DTR might be holding this team back a little bit. He's just not ready. And yeah, Amari Cooper, I had for this week, I had had him well outside of my top 30 wide receivers. And then when I saw the Flacco news, I was like, okay, I'll bump you back up. He's now like wide receiver 24, somewhere around there. And yeah, I mean, he could be wide receiver five or 10. I mean, like he could have a big game. So I I like I like Cooper. I think you're I think you're going to start him this week with Flacco and looking at the matchups down the road. I mean, it gets tough when you get to like week 17. They have the Jets, but I don't know. That's looking really far into the future. I think you'll be able to start Amari Cooper uh if Flacco's under center for the next few weeks. Yeah, I've got Cooper at wide receiver 30 in my weekly rankings right now, but if they announce Flacco as the starter, I could see bumping him up around around wide receiver 25 probably in that yeah. range with like Adam Thielen and DeAndre Hopkins that that sort of range sure why not yeah and then uh I think you know I, Jerome Ford's been playing well so mm-hmm. I, I think if the offense can just move the ball a little bit better um that would certainly benefit him and Kareem Hunt as well yeah and I mean Jerome Ford like in the passing game I think I'm looking it up right now I think last week he had was it seven catches no seven targets four catches so like that was really nice to see, uh, just getting a little bit more work in the passing game, like his best output in, in a few weeks there. Yeah, not a lot in terms of yardage, but, you yeah. you know, in PPR, it's just the catches that, That's that matter. Right. Get those points, baby. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, Cowboys. So, I mean, this team has just become an offensive juggernaut, right? I mean, yeah. like the schedule certainly has been favorable to them, and – it doesn't get much more favorable than it was, you know, a home game against the commanders on Thanksgiving. And, but still, I mean, this was the, um, third time in five games that Dak Prescott threw for four touchdowns. Uh, and you know, he's got, he had three in one of the other games too. And so like, he's pretty much been a top three quarterback every single week, uh, for the last month plus, uh, and I've got him ranked accordingly in my rankings, like for rest of season value. I mean, he's ahead of Patrick Mahomes for me at this point. Yeah, I was going to say he's he's been looking like he's putting up Mahomes type numbers. Uh, I think it's very I think it's perfectly fine to have like 
Mahomes and Dak in a tier. Like it looks like you have them in a tier with some other guys and uh, Dak ahead. I think that's fine. I have Mahomes ahead of Dak, but they're they're right there, like back to back. So yeah, he's a top five guy, maybe top three rest of the season. Because uh, yeah, they've just been he's been slinging it since the bye week. And like I said with Brandon Cooks, like he's elevating him guys like him. It's not just Ceedee Lamb. Uh, you know, Jake Ferguson had a bad week last year, last week, but like he's been decent too. But yeah, I think like like I said with with guys like Cooks, like put him into your wide receiver uh, spot for this week because like against Seattle, I think you've got to start a guy like him over waiting on a guy like T Higgins or someone like that. Like I said, yeah, you know, with Cooks and Ferguson, I feel like it's they need a touchdown to fully hit, yeah. but that's going to happen more often than not with how often Dak Prescott is throwing touchdowns right now. Yeah. In these favorable matchups. So, yeah, keep riding those guys. Uh, and then t- Tony Pollard, of course, has, has gotten back on track, too. Um, it's still not like – it doesn't look like 2022 Tony Pollard still. Um, but he's getting in the end zone in these plus matchups, you know, mm-hmm. and he's getting involved as a receiver out of the backfield, too. So um, the volume is, is pretty nice uh, for him and just – a team that's scoring as many points as this, like there's always a good chance he's going to find the end zone. Yeah, he didn't get in the end zone against the Giants a couple weeks ago, which was maddening. I was just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, he has the last couple weeks, like you said, plus matchups. And Seattle's a pretty good matchup too. You know, they've given they've given up a lot of rushing touchdowns lately. So I'm I'm back on him. I'm, I've already bet anytime touchdown. It's a little bit juicy, so I've like paired it up with like 40 or 50 rushing yards because I feel like he'll hit that number as well. I think Seattle like. If you look at like their recent games, uh, people have really attacked. Uh, teams have really attacked them on the on the ground. So I think Pollard will have a good game here and find the end zone. Yeah, uh, their schedule does get really tough for running backs after that, though. It's Philly at mm-hmm. Buffalo at Miami and Detroit. So he may he may peak this week, and then uh, you know trade deadline is passed in most leagues at this point. But right. I feel like I feel like uh, this could be um, the best the best we're going to get from Pollard, and then could uh, be. It could be, you know, maybe he's more of like a glorified version of James Conner down the stretch. Mm, man, yeah, okay. All right, uh, Broncos. So this, the, the Broncos have kind of like turned their season around. They have. Um, yeah, I mean, they're winning games. Uh, and, you know, it, it's – Russell Wilson, I feel like, has kind of quietly had a solid year. I mean, it's not – nothing spectacular um but like he's he's been a lot better than he was last season under sean payton and they have some really great matchups coming up um passing wise uh houston chargers lions uh they get the chargers again in week 17 so those are four plus matchups over the next five weeks they also get new england in there um so you know i i think you can keep rolling with russ certainly in the super flex leagues and uh he's he's worked his way into the streaming conversation as well yeah and Cortland Sutton's been a big piece of that he's just he's like Chris Carter man only you know just scoring touchdowns I'm looking at his game log and you know he didn't score against the Jets and the Browns last week which was tough tough matchups somehow he didn't score against Washington but otherwise he scored a touchdown every other week so just three weeks has Cortland Sutton not found hit pay dirt so that's 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 pretty awesome for a wide receiver yeah, yeah, it's quite a run he's on. And clearly, you know, I think Jerry Judy has been droppable in standard yeah. 10 and 12 team leagues uh, for a, a few weeks now. Um, Marvin Mims has seen his snaps come up, but he's still not really doing much uh, in terms of fantasy production. Uh, so this is a pretty, 
you know, clear situation right now. You know, Javante Williams hasn't had that signature explosive game yet per se, but uh, the usage is still trending in a good direction with him. So uh, I think he he and Sutton and Russell Wilson are the guys you can look at there. And then I am curious if Greg Dolchich is going to make it back this year because oh yeah uh, he is a pretty dynamic uh, athlete at the tight end position. And, uh, you know, Adam Troutman is just more of a traditional in-line tight end. So uh, if Dolchich can make it back, he could give this offense a new dynamic. Yeah, he gave him a spark, uh, in, you know, last year. So that's a good one to look out for. Man, a lot of tight ends coming back from, from injury. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. All right. Uh, Lions, um, you, you know, this, this team is, uh, I don't know, like they seemed like they were just a complete offensive juggernaut for a while there. And um, they seem to have – they haven't fallen off a cliff by any stretch, but um, they've kind of hit a little bit of a, a, a snag recently. Yeah. Um, they're still, you know, scoring a decent amount. But, um, you know, Green, Green Bay wasn't the easiest matchup. Um, they, they, were, they ended up fine. They lose the game, but the fantasy numbers were there. Um, it looks though like that was a negative game script, um, for them. And it was interesting to see how much more Jameer Gibbs played than David Montgomery once it was a negative game script. So that makes me wonder, you know, is this a situation like early in the year, it was pretty predictable. Um, now it seems less predictable. Like it, it actually seems like the game script could go a long way to determining whether, Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery will be the the better fantasy option in any given week, which is, you know, a, an interesting situation considering their defense has really fallen off a cliff recently. Yeah, I mean, I think in general you can probably play both of them every week. You know, like this week I think I have them both ranked in sort of the 12 to 15 range. I, I'm going to continue to rank Gibbs higher in half PPR, PPR, you know, any kind of, any kind of PPR <laughs> format. Like you said, he had eight targets last week with the negative game script. You know, the upcoming they play the Saints, the Bears, Broncos. Gosh, then they then they have the Vikings. I mean, those all could be competitive games, but they could also be games that they're winning and could be a lot of David Montgomery. So, yeah, it could be tough, but I think you'll be able to play both of them. I mean, Jameer Gibbs was a top six running backs uh, running back uh, in the previous weeks, previous four weeks uh, before last week. Uh, embarrassing loss <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I mean – Three fumbles by Goff will <laughs> will do that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm just curious to see a game where they lead start to finish. And like you said, I mean, with those matchups, I mean, they could they could lead start to finish in a number of those games against they the could. Bears. Uh, I mean, against the uh, Saints, against the Bears, against the the Broncos, the Vikings. None of those are teams that uh, are you know gonna necessarily jump out to a big lead i mean the last week of the year they get the last week of the fantasy season i should say they get dallas so that might be a more pass heavy game for them but um we could still see montgomery get a a big workload in these in these upcoming games if they can just control uh the tempo and uh game script yeah it just feels like a alvin Kamara, mark ingram type situation or there's plenty of other guys you could or duos you could talk about where you're just going to play both of them you know i mean there, there haven't been a ton of those you know year after year uh tiki barber and brandon jacobs go way back i mean like you're i don't know if i was if i had brandon jacobs in any leagues way back in the day but you were probably starting both of those guys you know 
Oh yeah, I mean, there's definitely teams like that. Like the Dolphins now, I'm I'm usually will rank two of their running backs in my top twenty four. So right, yeah, um, yeah, they, there are teams that, that can do that, and I agree with your broader point there. Like if you have either of these guys, you're not overthinking it; you're just starting them. Yep. All right, uh, Packers. So I, I'm starting to change my tune a little bit on Jordan Love because like I've been down on him, but he just keeps he just keeps getting it done. You know, it's like. Um, and, and now we're so far into the season that it's like, I kind of feel like I have to reassess like early on, I felt like it was kind of unsustainable touchdown production. Uh, and then he did hit a lull and I was like, ah, I was right. He's not that good. Uh, but now he's like getting it done again all yeah. of a sudden. And, uh, so, you know, at this point he's the, um, I'm pulling up right now. He's the QB. 13 in points per game um, this season, and that includes some guys like Kirk Cousins and Anthony Richardson ahead of him who obviously haven't played Mm. a full season's worth of games. Uh, Kyler Murray, too. So, you know, if if you take those guys out, he's the top, almost the top 10 guy this season in fantasy points per game. That is crazy to think about because when you watch some of the games, this feels like a Blake Bortles type situation. (laughs) Like, yes, for fantasy, he's been good. Uh, you know, the team hasn't been great. Uh, he kind of gets it done. I mean, he, he got it done on Thanksgiving Day for sure. But, like, there have been some games where eh, it's been rough. But, like, Detroit and the Chargers the last couple weeks have been really nice matchups. But, yeah, he, he's been solid, though. Like, if you look at his production, I mean, week after week, he's up there. He's just not, like, a guy that is necessarily going to, like, finish as a top five guy, especially with some, like, n- negative matchups coming up. Like, this week against Kansas City on Sunday night, I, it's going to be hard for me to play Jordan Love, or any of these guys, really. You know, if, if there's no Aaron Jones, like, I don't know that I want to start A.J. Dillon. Like, he's he's borderline, and then the receivers, I don't know. I mean, like, Jaden Reed's look good uh, at times, but do you, do you trust Christian Watson, like, against uh, – is it Sneed, who's been, like, just shadowing, like, number one receivers and just shutting them down? So, it's going to be well, tough. Is to- Christian Watson clearly their number one receiver? I, I don't know that. Well, that's true. Um, I thought it was interesting that they went deep to Christian Watson basically on the first play of that game last week. I feel like they wanted to get him going. Uh, they haven't needed to do that with Jaden Reed. He's just been he's been doing it all you know all along, really. I mean, he's yeah. just been trending up and up all season to the point now where he is the the one of those three receivers that I have ranked the highest. Um, mm. And uh, but but big picture, it's very hard to know week to week what's going to happen here. I mean, like I have Reed, Dobbs, and uh, Watson all in my like wide receiver thirty to forty range every week. It feels like. And as far as love, I mean, for rest of the season, we have him ranked with Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield. Th- those are the guys, you know, like those are those are QB twelve to fifteen guys. Sure, but that's an upgrade for me and where I had him before. You know, I gotcha. So, yeah, yeah I, I think like he's a vibe. Like, I wouldn't, I, your point's taken against Kansas City. I don't want to play him, but in favorable matchups, I think you can absolutely stream him. Yep. And maybe, like I said, you know, with Justin Fields and like Tua's got a, a tough schedule down the stretch, like you might want to look at some of these guys like Love in plus matchups when these other guys are facing, you know, some of the top units <laughs> against the pass. Yeah, like week 15, first week of the fantasy playoffs, he's home against Tampa Bay. Like, he might be a top 10 guy that week. Good point. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Texans. So, you know, I mean, what else can we say about C.J. Stroud? Like, they lost the game in heartbreaking fashion, but, like, he just continued to make some amazing plays. 
uh, in that game, uh, even though he was under pressure constantly uh, from that Jacksonville defense. Um, he just navigated the pocket and kept making throws to keep them in that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you have, your note here says top five QB rest of season, uh, question mark. Um, I don't know if I have him quite that high, but... Um, it's close, yeah. Yeah, it is close. Yeah, I think I'm looking at right right now. I have him at six, right? I have, and it looks like you might have him at seven or something. So he's close, and it's hard it's hard not to put him in there. You know, I mean, we're talking about you'd have to bump out guys like Lamar. Or, I mean, you, you could do it. <laughs> you could drop Lamar out of that conversation. Lamar is, yeah, you know, yeah. iffy sometimes. He's, he's a little bit hit or miss. You know, he's got the great ceiling, uh, but he's got some games where he doesn't produce a whole lot, too. Yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe I maybe I should move Stroud up. I mean, he's got more fantasy points per game than Mahomes and Lamar. Yeah. So he's he is the QB5 in points per game behind Allen, Hurts, Dak, and Justin Herbert. So I'm not looking to trade him, but the, my other note here was Tank Dell versus Puka Nakua, your boy versus my boy uh, in yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Like the the way the season started, it was all Puka, and then lately it's been Tank Dell. But I mean, the 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 headline is both guys. I think were really good steals in rookie drafts and dynasty. Both guys have bright futures, but I don't I don't know who I would want honestly. Like like I I think I probably would like Dell, but I also have Dell, so I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, I would want Puka because I have Puka. So <laughs> it's also <laughs> no, recency I mean, bias, there's definitely you know? I think there's a lot of recency bias with these kind of things. Yeah. Um, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a little it's been a little tougher sledding for Puka lately. Although, um, I have noticed that um, he's getting more uh, first read looks than Cooper Cup is right now. So they're definitely mm-hmm. um, making an effort to continue to get him the ball. But yeah, I mean, you know, C.J. Stroud like recruited <laughs> Tank Dell to this team. So he those two guys clearly have a special connection. That um, yeah is going to continue for a long time. So that's that's pretty appealing uh, argument in Dell's favor, I'd say. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the other thing I want – I mean, I feel like we could talk about the Texans for a while. They're a team that you have a lot to talk about. But I wanted to mention their defense. And I know, like, people are streaming defenses a lot of times. And I'm not looking to fa- play them this week against Denver. Uh, but Houston, you know, the, last week they weren't a good fantasy defense. The two weeks before that, they were a top-10 unit. And you look at week 14, they play the Jets. Nice. And they play Tennessee twice uh, in week 15 and 17. Sandwiched between that, you got the Browns, who, if it is Flacco, you know, he can be uh, a statuesque, should we say. I mean, he could get taken <laughs> down a bit. Uh, if it's DTR, maybe they go back to P.J. Walker. Who knows what the carousel will look like, you know, come week 16. So I just think, like, the Texans, as they're trying to, get, you know, win the division, I think this defensive unit could be coming together uh, and has some really good matchups. I mean, Facing Will Levis twice, I think, could be really good, too. Yeah, no, that's a good call. And uh, honestly, like, they used to be such a run-funnel defense. Like, they would just get gashed on the mm-hmm. ground. And that hasn't been as big a, a weakness for them this season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where early on in the year I was ranking any running back that was facing them very highly. Right. Now it's uh, it's not as automatic to do that. So they're definitely a, a unit that seems to be improving. and. Uh, that's one thing you just have to keep a close eye on in fantasy. Like the defenses that look really strong early in the year are not necessarily the defenses that uh, are the best defenses at the end of the season. 
and they're just 12% rostered right now in Yahoo. So widely available. I mean, they're on everyone's waiver wire pretty much. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Uh, anything else on the Texans or you want to move to Indianapolis? Let's do the Colts. All right, Colts. So, of course, this is this is probably the biggest story of the week right now. Uh, yeah. Jonathan Taylor uh, injured his thumb last week and uh, had a surgical procedure done on it today, I believe. Uh, they are, as of now, not putting him on injured reserve. So that suggests they're hoping he can be back in two to three weeks. Um, I, you know... I got the greatest gift for this holiday season today that I, in one of my leagues, I was able to pick up Zach Moss. I only have five fab dollars left, and somehow wow. I got Zach Moss. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> I know. I, I was so happy this morning. Like It's the first thing I do when I wake up every morning. I like Every every Wednesday morning is yes. check my phone and check my waiver ads. And when I saw that, I had a, a big old smile on my face lying on my pillow there. So... Um, yeah, that, that's pretty great. I mean, I think Zach Moss is a top 10 fantasy running back this week and probably next week as well. Um, and, and then we'll see what, if Jonathan Taylor uh, can make it back. I mean, this is a team that is in the midst of the playoff hunt, so they certainly want to get Jonathan Taylor back as soon as they can, but they also want to wait till he's healthy because Zach Moss has been really good this season when called upon. You know, he's another player that I used to not think very highly of, uh, but I've changed my tune on him this season because when he's given been given a workload, he's been a, a monster. And, uh, you know, this week um, at Tennessee, I mean, that's a, basically a coin flip in Vegas in terms of who's going to win that game. It, so plenty of opportunities to run the football, I think, in that matchup. Next week, they would get Cincinnati. That's a cratering defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, wheels up for Zach Moss. He could uh, be a, a bona fide league winner, especially if uh, Jonathan Taylor does end up going on IR and not being back till uh, maybe week 17. Yeah, in Tennessee, man, against uh, he was the lead back against them in week five, Zach Moss was, and was the RB2 in half PPR formats. You know, he just he lit him up. And I think they might have been missing like one of their defensive tackles who's a big run stopper that week. So things might be a little bit different this week, but still I have him as uh, RB 10. Like you said, top 10, he's right there for me this week. And yeah, we rest the season. We have Zach Moss. You have him 38th overall. I have him 48th. So we moved him way up. Um, you moved Jonathan Taylor down to 51st overall. I moved him to 91st because I'm just looking Ooh. at like, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, he's definitely going to miss two weeks, right? They said two to three. So I feel like he's definitely missing the next two. And then the week after that's Pittsburgh, kind of a tough matchup, and maybe he's not even there. So, like, how many games are you really getting out of him? So, we'll see. I mean, I'll, I'll move him back up as we find out more news. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, whatever. The trade deadlines have passed. You're going to play Jonathan Taylor when you get him back, right? Yeah, I mean, to me, the, the, the key point there is that the, the next two weeks and the two weeks after that are not the same. You know, like, the right. next two weeks are regular season weeks. The two weeks after that are, are playoff weeks for fantasy. So, like, yep. You know, for me, that's a big factor in his rest of season ranking. It's not just, you know, the amount of points he's going to score rest of the season compared to some other guys. It's when is he going to be back? And, you know, if he's back in those most important weeks, like he can win you the league, you know? So, like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't move him down too far for that reason. And again, they're not putting him on IR right now. So, like, they're, they're clearly aiming for him to be back in three weeks. I think that it seems like that's... That's the goal right now, and that, of course, can change. Um, but 
it's a thumb injury, so it's not, you know, it's not like a, a, a soft tissue thing where it's like in the legs or something where we don't know exactly how it's going to heal. I mean, this seems like a pretty, um, you know, not to say like the thumb isn't important for a, a ball carrier, but it's not, it's not quite as debilitating an injury. So um, we'll see. Uh, but either way, Moss is um, one of the best pickups of the season, I would say. Yeah, I'll just mention real quick before we move on, just make sure Josh Downs is rostered because he's 59% rostered in Yahoo. He had 13 targets last week, which is awesome. Now, what's not awesome is he only had five catches for 43 yards and was like not even – he was barely like a top 50 fantasy wide receiver, but still promising. And like, you know, for the Colts, it's like they have three receivers who play all the snaps. So, like, it's it's Pittman and it's Downs, right? And, like, maybe the tight ends get sprinkled in here or there. And so with Taylor out, you know, Yes, Moss is going to get a ton of work, but like I am, I am a little bit optimistic about Downs as someone who, like, I'm probably going to play him in Scott Fishbowl this week with a ton of bye weeks, and maybe he'll be a guy that you can play down the stretch. But just like, not just a watch list guy for me, but someone to like add to my bench for now. Yeah, he feels like the classic like wide receiver three in plus matchups and not in bad matchups kind of a guy for me right now. I mean, yep. you'd like to see Gardner Minshew play better. I mean, he he's been pretty shaky to be honest. Yeah, and like I mean, they have like like you said, they have some good matchups coming coming up, and like that Pittsburgh matchup week fifteen. Depending on who if Taylor's back or not, like that's a better matchup for receivers than it is for running backs. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jacksonville. Yep. So, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, another big game, uh, two yeah. in a row now after a long stretch of duds. Uh, after, you know, he started out the season hot. Loon was unplayable for like two months, and now he's turning it up again uh, just in time for the fantasy playoffs. And, you know, in last week's game, he did nothing in the first half except drop a touchdown and then put up monster numbers in the second half. Uh, So that was kind of like his season in one game, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) Um, But there's a lot of talk about Zay Jones being back and how that's kind of the thing that's that's got it going for him. I, I, I mean... Some of these touchdown catches Ridley has had, Zay Jones hasn't even been on the field for. So I don't know if it's that simple, but it's like um, it. It what is true is it seems like Calvin Ridley is running a, a wider variety of routes now than he was before. Like he's actually being uh, u- utilized over the middle of the field as well, as opposed to just down the sideline, low percentage, uh, you know, go patterns and things like that. So. Um, we talked about in the past that he struggled with press coverage, but they seem to be um, maybe putting him in motion to to uh, deal with that some and just uh, getting more creative with how they use him because he is a talented player, and um, we're seeing the upside now with that. I don't have Calvin Ridley in any of my leagues, and so I, I can't imagine how maddening he would be to have. I mean, we've seen players like this before. Like, uh, I mean, like Gabe Davis, I do have him in a couple leagues. Um, you know, Sammy Watkins had that year where he like came out hot and then people started him and then it's like he did nothing. And then I had another big game. That's like, if you look at Ridley's game log, I'm looking at it like how many people actually played him in the games where he popped off, right? Maybe week one and then you played him and he did nothing for you and you probably missed a good game and then you played him and got nothing. And it's like, I bet people have gotten maybe like two good Calvin Ridley games this year in reality and we're in week 13 so that stinks i hope you can kind of play him moving forward i've been moving him up my rest of the season rankings hoping that this is you know more sustainable and looking forward like that this is going to be more of a thing um we'll have to wait and see but that maybe i'm just falling into that calvin ridley trap of 2023 that it just seems like he's just up for another dud right but i'm i'm trusting it for now 
Do you have him ranked ahead of Christian Kirk? I do not. Uh, oh, rest of season? I don't think so. No, I, I've I've kept Kirk. I mean, Kirk's just been so steady. You know, um, let me pull up uh, Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I think Kirk is certainly the more um, pr- the more pleasurable player to roster yeah. than Ridley with the the roller coaster ride. I mean, Kirk is kind of Mister Consistency. So, um, I've got Kirk at my 59th overall player, and Ridley is up to 80th, but still still yep. a ways behind. I have Kirk 39, uh, Ridley 67, so I have a similar gap. Uh, I'm a little higher on Kirk, but yeah, like yeah, I have a pretty big gap between the two. Yeah, I think you might just have wide receivers ahead uh, compared to other positions uh, versus yeah. me, so that could explain some of that difference as well. So we have them ranked pretty similarly then? Yeah, I think so. I yep. think so. Um, and then I will say, ever since I traded for Travis Etienne in our Dynasty League, uh, he has not done much at all. Uh, so that's a little bit frustrating. Um, you know, coming out of their bye in week nine, um, they have seemed to try to lighten his workload a bit. And um, while Tank Bigsby was was the uh, backup for him early in the year, uh, Dearness Johnson seems to have um, overtaken Bigsby. I mean, Bigsby still will get on the field a little bit here and there, but um, it looks like Dearness Johnson is the handcuff to roster uh in Jacksonville and you and I just worked out a trade yesterday in our dynasty league since I have ETN uh, where I uh, traded you Justice Hill uh, to get Dearness Johnson because I wanted that handcuff uh, down the stretch um, you know making sure that I uh, that I have that Jacksonville uh, backfield covered even though they do have a fairly difficult uh, remaining schedule yeah blockbuster trade we had there uh, but it is nice yeah. that you got you got the backup and you know, you're right about ETN uh, mostly as far as after you traded for him in the Dynasty League, but I played you right after you traded for him, and he put up 24 fantasy points against me. So he had that one good week against me, and then he had his bye week, and he's been pretty bad since then. <laughs> okay. I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I did not forget. <laughs> I These these last three weeks are more fresh in my mind, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, I this could be a good bounce back opportunity for ETN this week uh, at home against Cincinnati. I mean, that's a really nice matchup. So hopefully he can get back on track there. But uh, e- either way, I mean, uh, you know, he was due for some touchdown regression. I mean, he had three games in a row where he scored two touchdowns. Like you don't see that very often. Um, but this is a you know he's still the clear lead back and one of you know. A, top half of the league offense we can say uh for sure so um he should have plenty of scoring opportunities down the stretch um but it, it is like he's more in that 60 to 70 percent snap range at this point rather than like the 80 to 90 percent he was earlier in the year yeah but he's he's at the top of that big tier after after the big drop off from McCaffrey uh of running backs like he's right there at the top yep for sure all right uh Kansas City so uh, there was a little bit of a um uh pairing of the uh receiving uh rotation last week for the Chiefs because mm-hmm. uh Nicole Hardman went on IR and uh Kadarius Tony was out as well. Mm-hmm. So uh they did you know activate uh Richie James <laughs> but mm-hmm. really um what we saw was essentially a four man receiver rotation which for most teams would be annoying but for the Chiefs that's like progress. Oh yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, so it was just uh, Rashi Rice, Justin Watson, Sky Moore, and Marquez Valdez Scantling, 
And we know with what the deal is with Valdez Scantling. He's a one-trick pony. Like, he'll maybe catch one long pass a game. Sky Moore is just, you know, not delivered on his opportunity. And, like, that's not changing at this point. So it's really about Rasheed Rice and Justin Watson. These are players that are ascending up my rankings, probably yours as well, Mm -hmm. um, just because they're getting more snaps. They're getting more targets uh, from Patrick Mahomes, and that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, Rasheed Rice is inside our top 100 pretty easily. He's like around 78 or so overall. Easily our top Kansas City wide receiver. And then we rank Justin Watson almost exactly the same, like right around one, just inside our top 150. Um, Because, yeah, like he's he's right there too. Like, and Patrick Mahomes has been throwing his way in the red zone. You know, he scored some touchdowns. He had that touchdown uh, in the Frankfurt game. What was the first play of the game or first drive of the game, I should say, almost had the first touchdown. It was called back because it like hit the hit the ground a little bit, and Rasheed Rice actually got that one in. I remember that because I had bets on it, <laughs> um, fresh in my mind. But yeah, he's he's looked he's trusting Watson a little bit more too. So like I think it's Rasheed Rice, but then Justin Watson is also like a either watch list or if you have the bench space, like I'd hold on, like I'd try to get him too because yeah, it's starting to shape up a little bit. And and those other guys, MVS and Sky Moore, it's like we know what they are now. You don't want them. Yeah, I mean. To be clear, Justin Watson had one catch for three yards last week, but yep. it was a touchdown catch. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, but but the, the week before, 11 targets, so there's some hope. You know, yep. <laughs> you hope that uh, that it can just be these two guys and that they can stop wasting targets on the other guys. But it, it's going to continue to be a maddening situation, but I think it's now at the point where Rasheed Rice is like, a wide receiver three and in really good matchups, you can even look at him as maybe a top 24 guy. And then Watson, if, if it's a real favorable matchup and you're low on options, you could look at him as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Rasheed Rice is someone I'm trying to get in my lineup every week at this point, you know, like whether it's what wide receiver three, like you said, or flex or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, with the chiefs? I don't think so. All right. Let's move on to the chargers then. Uh, so, yeah, Austin Eckler, we have moved him down our rankings. Um, you know, when he first came back, I think he had three straight games where he was a top six fantasy running back. Uh, and then since then, he's had two really awful games. Um, and there was, of course, this clip circulating on Twitter of how slow he was <laughs> on a carry. He was, like, slower than offensive linemen, uh, mm. like, when he was running and um he's getting up there in age at this point um you know he still should see a lot of passing game targets because it, it sounds like Josh Palmer is not that close to coming back right. Quentin Johnston's been a colossal disappointment um you know so it's really Keenan Allen and they need Eckler so he should continue to get those passing targets but the explosiveness that we have seen in years past from Eckler just doesn't seem to be there right now. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Um, the you know, last two weeks have been rough. I, I mean, it, so we've both moved him down. It's not like we've moved him way down. He's still in that that big running back tier we've been talking about. Like for me, he's still my number twelve overall player. You moved him down to twenty two, but again, that, that's still like a top twelve running back borderline, right? Like you said, he's going to be very involved in the passing game. He also has some really good plus matchups after this week at New England. He has Denver twice, which now that that Miami game early in the season really is 
still skewing some of Denver's, you know, because they've been they've they've looked a lot better in this five game winning streak that they're on um, defensively. So, but they get Vegas. Um, you can you can run on Buffalo if they can stay in that game. It's at home. Not that home means a whole lot <laughs> with the Chargers, but right. at SoFi. But like if they can stay in that game, like he he could run against Buffalo. So like there there at least isn't a whole lot of red on his schedule when I'm like looking at the matchups. You know, he doesn't face like terrible run defenses. Yeah, and the Broncos have improved, but I still think the run run defense is probably their biggest weakness. So right, um, it's, it's certainly at, at worst it's a it's a neutral matchup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that like for me, he like he was the number two running back behind McCaffrey for me for a lot of the season, and I've lost faith in that at this point. Like, just I feel like the role is is the thing that's keeping him up there more now than what he's actually putting on tape. So mm-hmm. it would be nice to see an explosive game from him just to kind of reassert that he still has that upside to like have kind of league, you know, matchup winning performances like we come to expect from Austin Eckler. At least he still has his quarterback. You know, some of these running backs we're talking about like Mixon and these guys are on their backup <laughs> quarterback and their offense is struggling. At least the Chargers in all these matchups I'm looking at, like, I'm confident they can still try to put up points, you know? Yeah, I mean, just being in that offense and with his usage, like, yeah, you can't move him much beyond, uh, you know, top 10, top 12 running backs. Right. Um, And I mentioned the Palmer news. I mean, that's kind of a bummer because they they could really use him. (laughs) You know, know, Justin Herbert has still been doing pretty decently for the most part, but, I mean, he's really having to carry this team on on his back right now. I know he's even picking up some some runs some with his legs, which you don't really think about. But like you know, he's been doing that too. Yep, for sure. All right, Rams. So Kyron Williams is officially back. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he is flying up our rankings. Um, you know, I wasn't sure about what his usage would look like um, coming back from the injury, and um, it looks pretty darn good. <laughs> I mean, I I you know I do think his snap count is still not going to be what it was early in the year. Um, you know, in this last week he played 61% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, between weeks two and six, he played, you know, most of those weeks 80%, 90% of the snaps. So it, it is down some. Uh, maybe it's because it was his first game back. But, I mean, Royce Freeman has been decent as well. So he may stay involved a little bit but it doesn't really matter i mean kyron williams has been so effective on a per touch basis um it's just such a great fit in uh sean mcveigh's scheme that uh he i mean you say top 10 running back rest of season question mark like i mean i have him right now as my uh my rb3 <laughs> so yes for you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't move him up that that high. I moved him. He's like my RB twelve or thirteen. I mean, but okay. but yeah. I mean, like I, I I probably didn't move him up high enough because if I think you're right. Like I think he is going to get that usage. I, I think it's just first first game back, right? Like I think that's a little bit of easing in, is a little bit of maybe the game script and stuff giving Royce Freeman a little more work. I tell you what, I was shocked that they cut Henderson. I guess they re-signed him to the practice squad or whatever, but. Thought he was McVeigh's guy. I thought he was gonna be, you know, someone you, who could be maybe flex worthy down the stretch. But looks like maybe it's Royce Freeman is is that guy who's like you had him in what kind of that Ezekiel Elliott territory, you know, if you're if you're desperate kind of thing uh, in plus yeah. matchups. I mean, the Rams, the Rams are gonna try to make the playoffs, man. In the NFC, 
you know, you get to like nine wins, you're probably in, and the Rams can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I my guess would be Freeman is just uh, more of a. Well, first of all, part of it might have had to do with just like who they could get through waivers and re-sign to the practice squad. Like a lot of this yeah. is, you know, we we talk about us fantasy managers doing roster maneuvering. Well, the real teams do it too. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I, I I think that was part of the the reason that they they chose Freeman over Henderson. But it doesn't really matter why. It's just which guy's on the active roster, and right now, Freeman is on the active roster, and Henderson is on the practice squad. So, you know, going forward, until something changes, that Freeman is going to get thirty to forty percent of the snaps, maybe get ten carries. Um, he's, you know, he's a bigger back, maybe more of a between the tackles grinder type. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that frees up Kyron Williams a little more to focus on. Um, you know, running outside the tackles and, and doing work in the passing game. And, um, you know, so maybe that just complements Kyron Williams a little better than uh, Daryl Henderson would have. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing about th- this team is we've seen Sean McVay's offense produce elite numbers from their running backs in the past. So, like, we saw it for years and then we saw it with Kyron Williams himself earlier this year or so and we saw it again last week so I'm fully bought in um before we move on I'll just I, I'm going to mention Cooper Cup I know we already talked about Puka a little bit but I have Cooper Cup a little bit higher than you um and I know like he and Puka both have not been great last couple of weeks um but when we were talking about guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase I feel like Cooper Cup kind of fits into that a little bit where he's been a little bit disappointing um, but man, he's got Stafford and I'm like, if Stafford stays healthy, I feel like I have him even too low, <laughs> you know, like I feel like a week from now we're going to get back together and I'm going to have moved Cooper cup back up, but I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just like slipping on the banana peel again with cup. <laughs> what do you think there? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm still optimistic about cup too. I, I don't know where you have him in your rankings relative to me, but, um, again, like you just generally have receivers higher than I do. So that might, that might be the difference there rather than where we have them ranked at the receiver position per se. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I still like, I, I'm feeling less optimistic that Cooper cup is going to be that top five wide receiver that I was hoping he was going to be. Um, but I still think he could be, a, you know, a top 15 wide receiver, you know, which is still yeah. pretty, pretty darn good. So I'm not like pushing the panic button on Cooper cup or anything like that. I mean, you know, the next two weeks he gets the Browns and the Ravens, which are terrible matchups. <laughs> so, like, it is going to be tough uh, in those two games for him to get back on track in a big way. But then in week 15, they're home against Washington. So, like, yes, he can still win you a fantasy playoff matchup in week 15. Week 16 is the Saints, which isn't great. But then week 17, the Giants, I mean – that's another matchup he could win you. So he could win you the fantasy championship. You just uh, you might have some hits and misses along the way. Yeah, I feel I feel like he and Eckler both. It's like we, we've moved him down a bit, but gosh, I just feel like we're going to be moving him right back up. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm still bullish on Puka too and Cup. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think at the at, at worst they're wide receiver twos. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oh, and should we mention that Tyler Higby scored two touchdowns? I mean, he scored two <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> I just think it's like, you know, it, it, that was actually super frustrating for me because I have Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua in my oldest uh, home league, and 
I see, you know, Matthew Stafford throw four touchdowns. I'm like, man, how, <laughs> this is gonna got to be good for my guys, right? No. <laughs> no. Two for Higby and two for Kyron. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that that happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, Higby has always been this guy that, like, when called upon can produce. But mm-hmm. it's, it's very, like, matchup dependent and, like, scheme dependent. Like, they just seem to have certain games where they decide to feature him and it's very it's 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 almost like a more extreme version of Taysom Hill like you just don't know when it's going to be you know <laughs> yeah and like we were talking about Cal- Calvin Ridley earlier like who got those points who was starting Tyler Higby nobody you know like I wasn't, certainly wasn't <laughs> no and like this week I mean if you look at that and you're like oh I'll start Tyler Higby I mean, he's playing Cleveland next week he plays Baltimore like no like Tyler Higby's going to be like the tight end 36 both of those weeks yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) all right raiders uh what do you want to talk about with the raiders i don't blank (laughs) i don't have a note i don't have a note for the raiders because when we talked two weeks ago you know we were kind of talking about antonio pierce the new coach just wanting to give josh jacobs the ball right and and like he's been giving him the ball and it's like you're gonna start josh jacobs you're gonna start Devontae adams um you know adams in some some matchups with like Kansas City and I think the Jets, like he's had some some places where you could probably sit him, but if he's in a good matchup, it's like you're gonna you're gonna start Devonte Adams, right? I mean, you can't you can't really sit him. Yeah, I mean, you can in a bad matchup, I guess, but yeah, it'd be tough, right? I mean, I feel like Jacoby Myers is a guy who might have got dropped in some leagues if he didn't um, yeah. bounce back against Kansas City last week. Six catches, seventy nine yards, and a touchdown. I mean, if he hadn't done that, I think he would end up on a lot of waiver wires over the bye week. But because of that, he's probably going to get held in most of those leagues. Yeah, I mean, I can check his uh, in Yahoo, see what he is. I mean, I would guess 76% he's still... 76% rostered. 76? That's higher yeah. than I thought. But yeah, he did have a good good game there. Yeah, I mean, they have Minnesota and the Chargers coming out of the bye, so those are decent enough matchups Like where I think you could look at Myers as a wide receiver three. Okay. All right. Uh, Dolphins. So, yeah, I mean, Devon Achan might be back this week. It seems like – I think he got in a limited practice today. Um, so, if if he's back, I mean, I think it's he, – he needs to go right back into fantasy lineups, I think. Yeah, you got you got to get him back in. Uh, right now, I didn't rank him. I have Mostert ranked as my uh, RB3 this week. <laughs> and that's if, that's if Achan doesn't play, you know. And I have, I've got him at RB4, so and that's with me thinking Achan does play. Oh, well, so, yeah, so, I mean, either way, I mean, they're playing Washington. Like, you're going to start Tua. You're going to start, uh, you know, the receivers, Waddle, and, of course, Tyreek Hill. Um, you're going to start the running backs. You're, if if A-Chan doesn't play, you should probably consider starting Jeff Wilson, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, I have him sort of that borderline RB2 as well. So, start your Dolphins this week. And then rest of the season, what I was wanting to talk to you about a little bit is Tua. Because, I mean, we can, we can go back to A-Chan if you want. But, like, with Tua, he's got this great matchup against Washington this week. But then when you start looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs, I'm pulling him, pulling it up right now. Week week 15, he's got the Jets. 16, Dallas. 17, at Baltimore. That is a brutal schedule. I mean, week 14, he's got Tennessee. So for the next two weeks, you can play Tua. But then <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you're playing Jordan Love. Maybe you're playing someone else. Like, would you bench Tua if he has, like, two great games the next two weeks and, and play the matchups? Or, or would you ride with them, do you think? Crystal ball. <laughs> well, I have Tua in the Scott Fishbowl, so I'm, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to bench him there. Um, oh, yeah, definitely not in like a super flex. 
Well, yeah, which it and basically also just is. like it's a league where you can't make trades and you know things yeah. like that. And it's a deep league, so I do have four quarterbacks there. But uh, you know, I have Geno Smith and Baker and Aiden O'Connell. It's, I don't know if I can start uh, those guys over to. Uh, mm, um, that's a no. tough one, man. In a in a twelve team league, um, you might yeah you might end up wanting to stream somebody over to it. But I kind of feel like it's a cross that bridge when you come to it kind of a thing because. Uh, you know, two has kind of slowed down a little bit anyway recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but if he's if he really puts up huge numbers against Washington and Tennessee these next two weeks, kind of like he was doing earlier in the season, uh, it, it might make it hard to, to bench him. Um, I mean, the nice thing about those Jets and Cowboys games is they are both at home, so uh, yeah, the at Baltimore in week 17 seems like the worst of that of those three. But uh, yeah, it is definitely three tough matchups. So I, uh, for now, I would just be enjoying two if you've got him, and then hmm. uh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I mean, he was he was just the the QB twenty six against the Jets on that Black Friday game, so that's fresh in my mind. And so I, I would, I'm at the point where like if I can do it, I'll start planning ahead. But you're right, like you can also you don't have to plan two weeks ahead necessarily, but at least just start considering it. So like Jordan Love home against Tampa Bay in week 15 instead of Tua home against the Jets? Yeah, man. I think, I mean, I don't know what my week 15 rankings are going to look like, but I think I'm going to have Tua pretty low. I, I, I have guys against, quarterbacks against the Jets every week I'm, and, and receivers. They're just way down my list and it's working out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Anything else? I mean, I think A-Chan, like, I still have high hopes for him. Uh, if if he can just get back to you know ten to twelve touches a week, he's that explosive. Um, yeah, but but I'm still I, I'm not really downgrading Mostert based on Achan being back. It's more just I think um, Achan can take the touches Jeff Wilson was doing was getting and do more with them. Yep, we both have Mostert uh, considerably high. Well, I mean higher rest of season. I guess it's not considerably. Maybe me a little bit more. But like you said, our our we've got some receivers and running backs in between. So. Yeah, most are over HN, but I agree with you. You're probably going to start both if they're healthy. Yep. Okay, Minnesota. So uh, this team now has a quarterback controversy again. Uh, Kevin O'Connell did a press conference yesterday uh, where he kind of opened the door to speculation about this. Um, mm-hmm. Josh Dobbs was like the feel-good story of the league for a few weeks there, and then he goes out and throws four interceptions uh, against the Bears, and now suddenly uh, he may not have that starting job anymore. Um, this is something we've kind of seen with Josh Dobbs, unfortunately. Like, he starts out great with every team he goes to, and then, it, it, you know, familiarity uh, doesn't work in his favor. Uh, it yeah. seems like his his performance kind of declines. I mean, that's kind of the classic backup quarterback, right? I mean, the, these guys can come in and look good for a week or two, and then they kind of get exposed. Um so maybe that's what's happening with Josh Dobbs. Personally, I I think he's probably still their best option. Um, certainly, from a fantasy perspective, he'd be the most desirable because he can provide some rushing yep. value as well. Uh, but it does sound just just based on watching that clip of Kevin O'Connell, I get the sense Nick Mullins actually is going to start uh, for this team coming out of the bye. I think so too, because like I said, I was talking about the Rams. I mean, the Vikings are another team with playoff aspirations. It's it's kind of crazy that the NFC is kind of that bad where it's like teams like the Packers, the Vikings, the Rams, these teams that I don't even think have winning records. They, they might get there. 
I mean, heck, the Giants could come out and win four in a row and make the playoffs probably. Like, it could happen. <laughs> Maybe if the Giants didn't have to play the, the Eagles twice. But <laughs> in any event, like, yeah, so I agree with you. I think Nick Mullins probably will be the Week 14 starter if I was using my crystal ball and listening to what O'Connell said. Um, I mean, so, yeah. Jaron Hall is in the conversation too. So he is. There's three yep. guys uh, that, that could be the starter coming out of the bye. But just – Mullins was the first one O'Connell mentioned, and he, he just seemed to like have a little excitement in his voice when he when he was talking about him. So yeah, that's sort of the impression I got from that clip. I think if you're in a super flex league, make sure those guys are rostered. You know, put them on your bench if you have a deep bench, um, because like if you well, I guess it depends on your options, right? But if you if you've been struggling to have like that third quarterback in a super flex, um, then add Jaron Hall or and or Nick Mullins, right, and just stash them for a week and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson is going to be back coming yeah. out of bye, and they're going to be facing the Raiders and the Bengals and the Lions those next three games. So, like, it's not bad. It's actually, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't trust starting Nick Mullins probably in that first game against Las Vegas, but uh, if he plays well, if he gets the start and plays well against Vegas, then I would absolutely consider starting him against the Bengals and the Lions the following two weeks. Yep. Well, anything else with the Vikings? If not, we've got another quarterback situation in New England to talk about. Oh, <laughs> I guess. <boy. laughs> well, I, I I guess we probably should briefly touch on the running back situation in Minnesota, too. Uh, mm. It looks like Alexander Madison kind of held on to the starting job, and there was some real speculation that there was going to be a, a changing of the guard there. I mean, there were some reports midweek last week that they, were, they wanted to get Ty Chandler more involved, um, but it's you know, it's sort of similar to the situation with Pittsburgh, maybe, where uh, you you always hear these reports, Jalen Warren's taken over, blah, 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 and it never really changes. Uh, you know, they're different types of backs. Like, So I do think Madison is more the, the Najee Harris in that backfield, and Chandler is more the Jalen Warren, and that that's probably just the way it's going to stay. So I would say, like, Madison is probably going to continue to be on the strong side of the committee, but... In terms of production, it should be pretty even because it does seem like Chandler has more explosiveness. Yeah, Ty Chandler was dropped in a couple leagues, leagues that I'm in. So um, I, just take take a look at that when you're like, you know, the waiver wire, the aftermath of the waiver wire. Make sure you go check and see who was dropped because um, Chandler's dropped in a bunch of leagues. Not just I actually two. dropped him in the league where I got Zach Moss because that was yeah. my only my only choice. So I was willing to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like, I mean, and another team in that league might be like, ooh, <laughs> another another man's trash is another man's tre- treasure. Is that how it goes? <laughs> or one man's trash is one another man's, trash. man's treasure. There you there go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Close <I> enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about that other quarterback situation with the Patriots. I mean, this is if three quarterbacks was not enough with the, with new England, you can actually say four quarterbacks. Um, it seemed like, uh, Will Greer was the, was out of the, the conversation after they cut him, but then they re-signed him to their practice squad. <laughs> so like he theoretically could still be in the mix. Um, based on today's reports, it sounds like Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham are both, uh, getting snaps in practice ahead of Mac Jones. So uh, if I had to rank what I think is likely to happen, I, I think it seems at this point like Bailey Zappi is probably going to start this week. Yeah. And they might mix Malik Cunningham in for some packages in game. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's ugly in New England. I mean, I don't, I don't think in Superflex, any starting quarterback needs to be rostered, but it's, uh, 
this is the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it is. I mean, I added Malik Cunningham a couple weeks ago in our dynasty league just because I was like, well, I can see a scenario where this you know two win team gives him a couple starts down the stretch, and then who knows? Maybe he looks good. Um, so yeah, like I think in a super, in a deep league uh, super flex, you can add a Malik Cunningham. Uh, see what happens. And, and Bailey Zappi, I agree. I think he's probably going to be the starter this week. And Mac Jones, ooh, man, like his his dynasty stock is just like it's been falling every game. <laughs> you know, you want to hear something funny? Uh, that last week for my week twelve rankings, I forgot to swap out Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. So I left Bailey Zappi as like my quarterback, you know, for the <laughs> Patriots, and it didn't matter. They were QB thirty three <laughs> and thirty four because they both Hi. played and were both terrible. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I'm curious whether Millie Cunningham gets a real chance to be an every down quarterback or if they just make him more of like a, a gimmick kind of, yeah. you know, have a, have a series of plays that he comes in for like sort of like you see a lot of college teams do. Yeah. Uh, I could, I could see a scenario like that happen. Um, but we'll see. I, you know, I, it's hard to get a read on this situation. I mean, I've been like studying this situation cause I've been trying to find a, a backup quarterback in our dynasty league. And I, you know, there were a lot of reports hyping up Will Greer at various times and then they go out and, and caught him. So, yeah. And then they bring him back. So I, it's just, you know, this is classic Bill Belichick. He's going to be loath to tell you anything actionable at any time until kickoff. Well, I, I guess I'm drawing the comparisons, you know, Malik Cunningham in my head with like a Lamar Jackson, because his, his rookie year, Lamar's, we saw him get in in a ton of packages. Right. And he was like this gadget guy. Not saying he's going to be Lamar Jackson, but like I hope you're not saying that. That's a no, that's a high bar. I know no. Lamar's having a little bit of a disappointing season. But come on, <laughs> no, it's just like he, you know, he could start from these small, you know, beginnings of getting in some packages. And like, what if he's the starter next year? Probably not. I think the Patriots are going to be bad enough where they can like they can get a a, a starter, you know, from this QB class. They'll have a pick in like the top five. I love. I'm, I'm just enjoying hearing your rationale. Like your your exhibit A of like dynasty brain like oh yeah optim dynasty brain irrational optimism like there is no way on earth that Malik Cunningham <laughs> takes the starting job and and next season I I just can't see it but <laughs> I I don't fault you for trying <laughs> oh we, yeah man I I mean I've got like you know I've got guys like uh Tim Boyle rostered in this <laughs> dynasty league so you know like you, get, you we gotta do add, what we must <laughs> you gotta add guys and see what happens you know you can you can cut them tomorrow that's fine <laughs> exactly exactly all right. Uh, anything else about the Patriots you want to talk about? No. I mean, Ramondre right. is the only guy you can really start. I mean, Demario Douglas might not even play this week. It turns out that they finally disclosed he has a concussion, right? So yeah, he, he probably isn't playing. Yeah, I will say Ramondre's got over 100 scrimmage yards in three straight games. So like he's he's actually trending up even while this team is a, a dumpster fire. Yeah. Someone asked me on Twitter today, me and some other people, about like Brees Hall versus Ramondre this week, and it's Ramondre by a lot for me right now um, oh absolutely like it's I, not close I, yeah i mean yeah i mean Brees hall has not been good so on a bad team like uh, he's i don't know if he's got 30 rushing yards each of the last <laughs> three weeks Brees hall it's been bad exactly well we'll get to that in a minute yep <laughs> first let's talk about the saints um so yeah i mean this team is decimated by injury at the wide receiver position right now we already knew michael thomas was on ir uh but now rashid shaheed sounds like he's might miss a few weeks mm -hmm. uh and uh chris Olave is in the concussion protocol 
So what does that mean? I mean, <laughs> like, you know, Derek Carr has not played well. I mean, he's he, I was watching Nick Underhill, the the great reporter for for the Saints talking about um Derek Carr and it's like he threw 300 yards but he didn't throw any touchdowns. Like he didn't actually like help the team win in any right. in any real way, you know. So I feel like Derek Carr's had a number of games like that this year where he gets the 300 yards but it's like window dressing and he didn't play well and he doesn't throw touchdowns and doesn't help them win. Um you know you yeah. have him here. Would love to see Jameis down the stretch. Yes, you would all. <laughs> any fantasy manager would love to see Jameis down the stretch. It just seems Dennis Allen is such a conservative coach. Derek Carr is get making so much money. It's just I know I just not sure we, we can possibly uh, see that happen. Yeah, with Derek Carr, like you said, like he just stalls out in the red zone. You know, they settle for field goals, or he just they can't do anything. They're moving the ball a little bit, and then like yeah, this week especially, I think we could see a lot of Taysom Hill. I think you know it's always we we are always wanting to get those Taysom Hill weeks. I feel like this as any could be a Taysom Hill week. Um, and then I'll just mention Alvin Kamara, of course. Like you have him as a top five running back rest of the season. I have him top ten, so not quite as high as you, but like man, especially with these hurt wide receivers, you have to think Kamara is going to get like eight or ten targets. At least, I mean, he could get like eight or ten catches. So, yeah, especially if in PPR formats or any sort of half PPR, Kamara's fire him up. Yep, yep. I mean, I don't feel great about having him top five, but it's like a it's a big tier there, like you said. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's kind of where that it's it's the touches. Like he's just one of the favorites for for touches rest of season, I think. But big picture, I feel like the Saints are just a team that. They're a weird team. Like they don't have an identity offensively since Sean Payton left, and right. it's like there's still a lot of the pieces that he put in there <laughs> that are still on that team. But it's like it's without the the offensive uh, mastermind innovator behind it. So it's just like a shell of it. Like that team just feels like a shell of its former self. Yeah, and like for the running back, Kendry Miller's been hurt. You know, Jamal Williams been hurt, has been hurt at times trying to. Get, he hasn't he hasn't gotten going at all. Like neither I mean, they, one of they us barely use him. Right. I mean, neither one of us thought he was going to have like 15, 20 touchdowns like he did last year, of course, with the Lions, but I thought he would be better than this. You know, he just hasn't gotten going at all. I thought he'd at least get, you know, 10 or 15 carries some weeks, including goal line work, and that just hasn't really happened. I thought he'd be Tyler Algier. He's not. not, Nowhere close. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Oh, and I will say Juwan Johnson is another name to look at at tight end, uh, just Mm -hmm. given – how many injuries they've got going on at wide receiver. Like uh, he, he got seven targets last week and I could see something like that happening again. Yep. Good call. All right. Giants. Uh, so the Tommy DeVito story continues like, you know, and I think he's actually uh, for a guy who lives with his parents, like <laughs> he hasn't played that badly. Um, <laughs> you know, nice qualifier like, there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of players to compare that to, I suppose. I, I don't know how many like New Jersey kids are, uh, yeah, uh, are out there um, living with their parents, playing in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, I you know, I certainly like this offense hasn't bottomed out as much as I thought they might. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's you know, you mentioned do we care about Jalen Hyatt's breakout game? And I don't think, I don't think I can really go that far. I mean, he is a you know, rookies do tend to get better down the stretch, second half of the season. So yeah. It's something to consider, I suppose. I, I wouldn't be rushing out to Adam though in a in a twelve team league. No, I wouldn't either. I mean, I just kind of posed that question because it's like, what are we going to talk about here with Tommy DeVito and and company? Um, but 
I just added Zaquan Barkley in my guillotine league. I know it's like six team. I mean, but I'm looking at his matchups. He's got a couple good ones coming up. Like you said, like this team, DeVito's moving the ball. I actually picked up DeVito in our Scott Fishbowl League. You talked about having Aiden O'Connell. I mean, DeVito is someone who I might start over Bryce Young next week if I make it. Like Bryce Young is my QB two after Justin Herbert. So I'm looking at someone like DeVito in a plus matchup. I might start him. So like in a super flex, you never know, man. You might be starting that Jersey kid. Yep, every every quarterback <laughs> with a pulse and super flex needs to be rostered. <laughs> yep. All right, Jets. Um, we already, you know, touched on Brees Hall a little bit there. Like, yeah, I, he's been trending down for me in a big way because every week, you know, he's still getting um, the snaps. Like, I mean, Dalvin Cook is not involved, but I, this offense is just so bad right now, and I feel like. You know, Tim Boyle, it's been even worse than it was with Zach Wilson, which yeah. is saying something. And, you know, we're not going to spend a lot of time here talking about Aaron Rodgers. I, like Aaron Rodgers, if he comes back, I know they just opened the 21-day practice window for him, but, like, I don't think either of us really think he's going to be back. And even if he did, it would be right at the very end of the fantasy playoffs. So it's, uh, yeah. you know... And it's not like he was a must-start player anyway. I mean, certainly it would be good for Garrett Wilson and company if if Aaron Rodgers somehow did come back. But, uh, you know, I think realistically we're just looking at a team that is uh, playing for next season and is going to uh, just kind of continue to waste their talented uh, players by having really poor quarterback play. I mean, I feel like Rodgers himself has kept his name, you know, alive week to week. You know, he's out there throwing the ball. You know, he obviously goes on the Pat McAfee show and all that stuff. So, like, to me, this 21-day window thing is just, like, keeping his name in the news, in the New York media. You know, give him something to kind of continue talking about. Giving Jets fans a little bit of hope, uh, which, I don't know, man. To me, it's just kind of mean. I, I, I think it's mean because, like, I don't think he's coming back at all. I think it's not it's not 0%, but I think it's, like – zero point one percent like i think I mean, they'll just... be they would probably be eliminated officially from playoff contention by the time he could even start yeah. for them yeah especially with the way their their team is trending i mean we talked about like garrett wilson he's also in that situation like a jamar chase uh you know with a quarterback who can't really get him the ball but it's like i'm starting garrett wilson uh pretty much every week probably like as a wide receiver two or three uh flex whatever um Brees, Man, it's like you start looking at that, and if you get, if you have a guy like Kyron Williams coming back, obviously you start him over a Brees Hall. You start now that we're deep into the season, you may have some other options. <laughs> like Brees Hall is not getting it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Brees Hall to me is almost like Keaton Mitchell at this point. Like you're just yeah. basically hoping for him to break a, a seventy yard touchdown run. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. All right, Eagles. Uh, so Dallas Goddard is reportedly pushing to return this week which seems like a really uh aggressive um timeline for his his recovery but we'll see maybe it actually happens um i think you have will that hurt devonta smith question mark yes i think it would absolutely hurt devonta smith we've seen this show before uh those two really kind of negate each other to some extent like it's hard for them both to hit in any given week um, interestingly, Smith has been more productive than AJ Brown recently, but I don't think there's much to take away from that. Like, you know, I, I, I would still 
bet on Brown over Smith at any time. Um, yeah. But one, you know, one, as long as Goddard's out, I'd bet on both of them. But once, once Goddard is back, then Smith could be uh, back to sort of boomer boss down the stretch. Yeah. And then we, we talked about Josh Allen and I guess we mentioned Jalen hurts a little bit. Like a couple weeks ago, it was the same story where it's like these two have been the guys doing it all year. Jalen hurts is like, probably the front runner for MVP I would imagine at this point like if the Eagles keep on winning uh they have the best shot at winning the NFC I think I mean this is a huge game this week against the 49ers I mean the two I mean I can't believe that the Eagles aren't favored at home you know they've lost one game and the Niners are coming into town and they're the favorite that they're getting the money bet on them this is interesting because you know the Bills uh Eagles game last week was awesome I think we got another good one here uh in the making I can't wait to watch that one this week Oh yeah, that should be uh, a lot of fun. Three point spread. Yeah, it, for, it was for, one same. one and a half, and it just has kept moving. Um, huh. Yeah, people are betting on the Niners. And I mean, I do I, think the Niners feel a little more like a complete team to me than the Eagles right now, just because that secondary for the Eagles has been picked apart yeah. all year. Uh, and Eagles are Eagles are dealing with some injuries as well. The Niners are, are not as as much. They're the Niners are a bit more healthy now. Yeah, but still at at home with the Eagles. Yeah. That feels like a coin flip game to me. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Absolutely. Uh, all right, Pittsburgh. So we talked about Matt Canada was fired. Uh, and, of course, this team comes out and goes over 400 yards from scrimmage for the first time in, like, five years or something like that. <laughs> yeah. They outgained their games. opponents for the first time all season. Um, <laughs> Pat Fryermuth comes in and catches nine balls for 120 yards. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like... Matt Canada was clearly holding them back. I also think, though, that, you know, they had that Cincinnati defense has been so bad lately. So I think that was part of the part of it here. <laughs> Certainly for Fryermuth, I think that was part of it. Yeah. Um, it can't be worse than it was with Canada. I just don't know if it's going to be this much better. I mean, yeah, not this much better. Maybe, like you said, Fryermuth getting all those balls, but this week they play Arizona. And Arizona hasn't been good defensively. Um, no, they're terrible too. So yeah, it could be so, a, it could be another big game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like you, I would start all my Steelers pretty much. I mean, Pickens is the one who is still kind of borderline. It's not like he had some big game, um, but like you're starting Deontay Johnson. You're going to start both running backs. Um, you know, they 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 still have that fifty fifty split. I could I could see it being uh, more of like Najee and Jalen Warren both having really good games here. Um, rather than the passing game, because but we'll see. I think everybody could eat here. I think the Steelers are going to roll. I'm pretty bullish on Deontay Johnson this week. I've got him at wide receiver 18 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, really, uh, Najee Harris. I feel like this has been a theme of this this show. Guys, I've been like eating crow on. It was Jordan <laughs> Love, and it was Zach Moss, and now uh, Najee Harris. I'm going to eat some crow on this one too because. Uh, I saw a stat today that he has more 15-plus yard runs than any other player in the NFL this season. Well, I mean, you don't have to eat crow, man. Like, we do this thing pretty much every week. We took last week off for Thanksgiving. But, like, we were talking kind of bad about him in the first half of the season, and then we started talking better about him as he got better. Like, you know, he started looking better. So That's true. That's true. I, you know, it, you have to adapt and be flexible with your rankings, and we move guys up and down all the time. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just like I, you know, I feel like he's playing maybe some of the best football of his career right now. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty amazing, and uh, you know, Jalen Warren is playing great football too. So they've got two really good running backs right now. 
it's a good situation for them. Um, and it's a good, you know, if you have these guys in fantasy, yeah, especially in these really great matchups, it's a no doubt start top 20 running back. I think I have them both in my top 20 this week. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, we don't have to turn this into like a Najee Harris loving podcast necessarily, you know? But. <laughs> and you're like, let's not go that far. <laughs> fair, fair. I, Fryermuth too. I mean, I, I'm a little frustrated in, I have him in Scott Fishbowl, which I'm happy about, but in, um, in another league where I lost Mark Andrews, I had, I had Fryermuth and I dropped him after the dud two weeks ago. And then mm. he goes off last week and then I get outbid for him this week. Um, but I'm not that upset about it. I mean, I got Gerald Everett instead. And honestly, like, I think it's going to be pretty close between those two guys because, um, I, I still don't know if there's going to really be enough passing volume in this offense for Fryermuth to be, you know, a top 10 tight end rest of season to me he's probably more back end top 12 14 kind of tight end yeah i'm just looking at where i actually moved him way up inside my top 10 so i i do have him ahead of guys like david njoku jake ferguson mm. dalton schultz wow. so I, I mean and i'm trying not to just react to like one big game but i mean it, it was a big changing of the guard <laughs> getting rid of canada so um i'll, I'll adapt in the next week or two if if, if he kind of really falls back down to earth but We've seen Fryermuth be very productive with Kenny Pickett. So, you know, he's got a little bit of track record to go as well. So I, I wasn't crazy about him coming into the season, but now, like I said, I dropped Kyle Pitts for him. That's not a whole lot. Like, I think you're right. Gerald Everett could be – they could be pretty comparable, comparable but I, I have Fryermuth quite a few spots higher rest of the season. Okay. The one guy you mentioned I probably might switch – put him ahead of is Dalton Schultz. So I forgot to mention uh, – saw his snap right plummet when brevin mm. jordan came back last week so oh, schultz true. is definitely a guy who's who's dropping in my rankings but um i would i would still take Injoku ahead of friar Muth. i just think we've seen more consistency from him ferguson i would certainly take ahead of friar Muth just based on the upside in that in that cowboy offense uh this, i mean it's just so much more pass volume than i expect to see in pittsburgh okay all uh, right, uh, Seattle. <laughs> you know, I, I, Seattle is a team that I, uh, you know, I mentioned I invested heavily in the Bucks. I invested heavily in the Seahawks this year too, and that hasn't worked out quite as well. <laughs> yeah, um, it's been a disappointing season for this offense, uh, particularly the passing game. I mean, Geno Smith just has not looked nearly as good as he did last season, and uh, the addition of Jackson Smith and Jigba has actually. Um, made it more of a problem for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Like it's it, you know he's he's stealing some targets and some snaps from those guys, and uh, with the overall passing attack also declining, it's just Metcalf and Lockett have been wide receiver threes this season. They haven't been better than that. Whereas in the past they were borderline wide receiver ones or at least high end wide receiver twos. So um, those guys have been pretty frustrating to roster this season. Yeah, I would agree, and I actually traded uh, like kind of a mid-round draft pick for DK Metcalf in a keeper league of mine. Uh, he's not gonna, he's not keeper eligible, but I was just trying to bolster my lineup for a playoff push, and I, I still have some faith that he can get it done. Like when it comes to playoff time, because week fifteen he's got Philly, he's got Tennessee week sixteen, uh, Pittsburgh seventeen. So like there are some good matchups ahead, which is good. And like the last game, uh, Seattle, like, I think it was was it San Francisco. Uh, Gino was thrown to him early and often, and DK had a couple bad drops. 
Um, they had some good coverage on some deep deep passes. Like he was he was throwing bombs to him. He just wasn't connecting. Like if he connects on one of those, things turn out a little bit different. So I still like the usage uh, watching that game, and I think DK could have some good games down the stretch. Like I think he could be very productive in the fantasy playoffs. I'm still holding out some hope for DK. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not giving up on him either. I've I've still got him. I guess I have him 85th overall right now. So that is significantly lower than I had him before. But um, you know, he's still it's still probably higher than what he's actually performed to date. So right, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's you know, I think he's like outside the top 30 wide receivers in fantasy value so far this season, which is pretty surprising. So for the running backs, we both still have. Kenneth Walker, pretty like a big gap uh, higher than Zach Charbonnet, which, you know, Walker's still hurt with the oblique. He's probably not going to play this week. And so, I don't know. Like, I think maybe this gap should be, as I'm looking at our rankings, I'm like, maybe this gap should be a little closer, you know, because like when Walker does come back, are we just going to plug him back into our fantasy lineups or could it be more of like a 50 50? Um, I mean, Charbonnet probably should try to do something against Dallas to <laughs> cement his his workload. Um, he hasn't really shown that yet. So what do you think is going to happen, let's say, a week from now uh, when Walker's back, if he's back? Yeah, well, I think that's part of the problem is their matchups right now are just so bad that it's, like, hard for Charbonnet to really stake his claim to much. You know, I mean, yeah. they, uh, they had the Rams, and then they had the 49ers. Now they get Dallas, and they get the 49ers again, and then mm-hmm. they get the Eagles. So it's like um, – it, yeah, I, I I don't know. I sort of feel like Kenneth Walker has shown enough this season that like he's gonna clearly be the lead back once he's back. And um, you know, after since they play on Thursday, they're gonna have the the mini bye ten days. Like I think Walker will probably be back uh, next week, and uh, I think he'll go back in the lead role, and Charbonnet will kind of retreat back into that complimentary role, maybe getting some work in the passing game, but not a ton of uh, carries. So. Uh, so that's why I have that that discrepancy in their rankings. Yep. Well, I have it too. I mean, we we both have it ranked pretty similarly. So I'm I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, San Francisco. I I feel like there's almost never that much to talk about with the 49ers because they're just such a predictable team in terms of what they do and they do it well. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've been saying all season to make sure you roster Elijah Mitchell. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, that's still a must-do if he's somehow on your waiver wire. Yeah, and uh, you and I both, I'm just looking at our tight end rankings that are sort of in little tiers, if you will. Kelsey obviously is in a tier of his own, uh, but then we both moved TJ Hawkinson up a little bit to where he's sort of in that next tier of his own and then Kittle after. So we, we, we have those in the same order, and I think like you know with all these guys healthy, I mean like if Debo were to miss some time, we've seen him get dinged up before. Or if Christian McCaffrey gets dinged up or something, obviously, like you said, roster Elijah Mitchell. But I think Kittle could have more value if someone gets hurt. But if all these guys are healthy, I feel like, especially with Debo, like he he just he misses out on some of these extra extra looks. Yeah, you know, for me, it's still like Ayuk is clearly the number one yep. uh, receiving option on this team. So then it's like Debo versus Kittle. Like in any given week, one of them will probably hit, and the other might not. Um, but Kittle plays tight end, so that that has a lot more yeah. value, I think, than than Debo for that reason. All right, we move on to the Bucks. Yeah, my my team, your Bucks. <laughs> that's right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, Rashad White has actually started to run the ball well. Uh, yeah. Earlier in the season, it was all receiving uh, production, but now he started to add some some rushing as well, some some chunk plays on the ground. Mike Evans is probably the most underrated player in NFL history. I mean, uh, you know, this guy is just his – you're going to look at his career stats at the end and be like, man, those are up near the top in a lot of categories. So – yep. Uh, just continues to be uh, amazing. And, you know, a guy that I'm ranking in my top 10 at wide receiver most weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I've moved Mike Evans up a ton. Same with Rashad White. I'm just looking at his game log. It's incredible. He's been a top 20 running back each of the last six weeks with a RB1 finish in there against Houston in week nine. So, yeah, White's been awesome. And like you said, he, he even had he even broke the, the century mark for rushing last week. So that was the thing early on where it's like he was very inefficient. They couldn't really run very much, but man, if that picks up here with some favorable matchups, that looks that's looking good. I mean, he could be like a league winner, Rashad White. If if you, I know you traded for him. I I also traded for him in a league, so I I did that like the week after you did because again, hmm. I'm, I was trying to bolster, you know, my lineup for a fantasy push and getting guys like DK Metcalf, Rashad White. You know, they're not like huge blockbuster trades. They don't have to be, but like you know, they still those those guys might help me uh, win a league. We'll see. Yeah, that was like the rare trade where somebody else offered it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm, I'll do that." <laughs> it was Mar- it was Marquise Brown, right? Yeah, and I yeah. like Marquise Brown too, but uh, you know, certainly so far, I feel like I'm winning that deal. Yeah, it's looking good. Yep. All right, Tennessee. Uh, you know, you you have here Derrick Henry is heating up against bad run defenses. Uh, that's something I think we could we can expect you know and <laughs> yeah especially late in the season too this is derrick henry's time it is um but i just i'm not a fan of will levis and uh it's maybe what the way i was talking about jordan love earlier like earlier in the year is the way i would talk about will levis now i just don't think he's the long-term solution for this team and i think their passing attack has really gone gone down and it's it's affected deandre hopkins mm-hmm. um you know, I think I think he would have been better off probably um, with Tannehill, even though you know he did have those three touchdowns in in Levis's first start. I just I don't know. Maybe this team was not going to be a, a consistent passing attack, no matter who was under center. But um, I, I just feel like Levis is uh, the warts have become pretty apparent with him. Yeah, you're right, and like yeah, I had the note about Henry because it's like he's really the only thing you can trust right now. I mean, you can. You can start DeAndre Hopkins. Like, he's sort of a low-end wide receiver, too, for me. Uh, because, yeah, like, he had that big game. And then, yeah, Levis has looked really, really bad on the road, especially. And so maybe he'll, maybe he'll have some home cooking, you know, be, feel more comfortable uh, with the crowd and all that. We'll see, you know, some some games coming up. But, like, yeah, it's been it's been rough. And DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, you'll have some some guys you can start over him, like in Amari Cooper this week with Joe Flacco. I would probably start him over <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would. And, and then, um, you know, I think uh, Tajay Spears is still a guy I would like to stash, even though you have to. Uh, he's not getting enough touches to really be a flex option at this point. Uh, I just think the handcuff value is very high. Uh, you know, I saw, I think Adam Levitan put out a list of the top 10 handcuffs or something on Twitter, and mm-hmm. he had Spears down, down a ways. I, I would put him probably in my top five best handcuffs yeah i mean especially like with the matchups like i like if i like derrick henry down the stretch and then if he gets hurt i, I have to like tajay spears 
and yeah, just like we just saw Zach, you know, Zach Moss, we just t- got done talking about him, you know, with Jonathan Taylor getting hurt, like anybody can get hurt. <laughs> so you got to have these high, high end uh, handcuffs. Yeah. And I think Spears is explosive and I think that the job would clearly be his. So exactly. those are two big pluses, even though this is not one of the, the most uh, high scoring offenses in the league. Yep. All right. We'll wrap up with the commanders and uh, yeah, I, yeah, even when they get pasted by the Cowboys, uh, Sam Howell still gets it done for fantasy. Uh, I, you know, I feel like there's not much that's changed with this team. Really, it's the ball is spread around way too much for mm-hmm. you to rely on any of the receivers. I mean, last week it was Curtis Samuel that had the big game, um, but I just think that more speaks to you know the fact that Terry McLaurin tends to get a little overrated in fantasy, and uh, Jahan Dotson is off the radar at this point and uh it yeah i mean it's uh, you know even brian robinson is hurt by uh whenever antonio gibson is is healthy and you know we saw his receiving role get cut back with gibson back so um it's this is kind of a frustrating team for fantasy outside of howell who is the classic better in fantasy than reality quarterback (laughs) he really is i mean it's it's incredible he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback each of the last five weeks six out of the last seven no seven out of the last eight good grief i mean he's been a, he's been a qb1 more often than not this week this year so yeah if you if you've had Howell, um he's been doing it for you and you're right like better better in fantasy than reality you said it and they may have the worst defense in the entire league so that also helps uh Howell continue to get into these wild uh, game scripts yep for sure all right all right i, I don't have anything else to say about the commanders let's no, end it. <laughs> no no we'll, we'll just uh I command you to end the conversation there. All right. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as I mentioned up top, we've got rest of season rankings and week 13 rankings up at rosrankings.com. So do go check those out. If you have any uh, start sit questions for us, you can always reach out on Twitter or X or whatever it is now. And uh, you can reach me at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I'm at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, share, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.